0: You're listening to the Straight Shooting Radio Show on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Visit us at AustralianHuntingPodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Here's the hosts of the show, Jason Selms and Mario
1: Vladko.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much, everybody.
1: I've just received a call from Secretary Clinton.
3: She congratulated us, it's about us, on our victory. And I congratulated her and her family on a very, very hard fought campaign. I mean, she, she fought very hard.
0: All right, welcome back to the Straight Shooting Podcast here on AHP Digital. Thank you for joining me. Um, I've got Mario and we've got Justin. How are you guys going? Yes, g'day, Jason, Justin. Welcome
4: back, everyone, to the Straight Shooting Podcast. And uh, wow, uh, hasn't it been an absolute rip-roaring month in the last month, Jason? Uh, we've got so many things to cover Of course, the important election of Donald J. Trump. Which we just heard
0: from Donald Trump uh, before we started the show. After the intro, you heard a bit of a victory speech from Donald Trump. Wow, it's just unbelievable, Jason. Honestly, I I cannot
4: uh, tell you how immensely gratifying the vision uh, coming in from CNN, from Fox News, from all the stations, our own stations, um, watching uh, America turn Republican, like literally... Every virtually every state turned red and watching the Liberals just crying, crying about something that they just simply cannot understand why it's happening. It was absolute bliss, absolute gold. And I'm so happy, Jase, I'll tell you right now, I'm so happy. I even had a barbecue at my place, uh, Justin. I had a barbecue at my place, all my mates had a bit of a Trump party, which was great. What did you have, ribs? Yes, had some ribs, had some American hot dogs, which was fantastic. The kids had a great time swimming in the pool and all that, which was great and just it was just unbelievable i immensely enjoyed myself um justin
5: my initial thoughts were shock because i cynically believed that hillary clinton would win the election because she was going to rig it and so like i share your delight in watching the liberals crying tears of anguish and resentment at their failure to comprehend mm. that 50% of the population do not share their elitist, selfish point of view, whatever that is. And I saw in the election of Donald Trump a gigantic cry for common sense and a turning away from the elitist neoliberal policies that have caused a lot of harm to a lot of people while they have benefited relatively few people in the media and in education and in politics. And so there's a vast... Undercurrent of discontent in—we've seen that in Brexit, mm. we've seen that in the election of Donald Trump, we've seen that recently in Australia with the election of Pauline Hanson and One Nation, and just this weekend we've seen it with the Orange by election.
0: Absolutely. What do you guys think, though? Just in general, I mean, a lot of people say, "Old oh, Trump—he didn't have any chance at all of being elected." Um, all the media outlets, not only from what here in Australia, especially it was about what 100 to one for bad Trump articles compared to the the uh, Clinton scandals about the email servers, etc. Um, a lot of you guys watch the uh, debates as well. Um, yeah. Some people saying Trump won, some people saying Hillary won. A lot of a lot of anti-Trump. She spent five times the amount he did. They're saying up to five times the amount that he did, yeah. and it's unbelievable. And he won. Well, Trump he won. Yes, Trump won. We was spending a, a lot less money than Hillary did. But this
4: is what is quite amazing, uh, guys, which this is in just my own personal opinion. This is a guy who took took on the two most powerful political machines in the world, took on the most powerful, powerful media in the world, like copping so much flack on a daily basis, him and his whole family. He took them all on and he won. He won. He'd done something that really none of us thought could be possible. He took on the establishment and beat them, and beat them well. Now, this has changed the entire, I guess, geopolitical scenario of the entire world, really, Um, and, and probably for the better. Now, One of the things that – well, a couple of things I'm really happy about is I'm very hopeful that Donald Trump will uh, be selecting the next couple of Supreme Court justices which will secure the First and Second Amendment, which is extremely important. A legacy that will probably live on longer than he will because um, he'll most likely choose Supreme Court justices that are young and they are going to be serving on the Supreme Court for many decades, which is great. Um, And also he has fought back, fought back against the social justice, politically correct warriors that are constantly uh, berating us, telling us how to live, what to think, what to do. And he is the most politically incorrect candidate that you could possibly think of. And he absolutely wiped the floor with them. And they simply cannot believe this. They cannot believe the shock of what's happened to their world view. And it's just incredible. And watching it is like a slow-motion train wreck, um, a massive locomotive full of a, the worst kind of socialist communist you can think of, smashing into a thick concrete wall at a 1,000 kilometres an hour. It's unbelievable. And it's just given me so much entertainment, I'll be honest, Justin.
0: But even and people James. on this show said um, they you know, rode in, One or two uh, emails saying, you know, Donald Trump had no chance of winning the election. They couldn't believe it. Uh, Well, you know, I don't don't want to be flippant and gloat, but, uh, you know, a little bit more laughing saying there was no chance. Well, you know, this is a good thing for gun owners. What does this mean for gun owners, basically? Well, um, Jase, one of the things I want to mention to
4: everyone is that I've been following this election for a very long time, for about almost a year and ever since the primaries. And I knew something really important was going on when I was starting to watch the first uh, debates and also the rallies that Donald Trump was having after he became the nominee. Now, the rallies was so important because you could see the passion in the crowd, people chanting USA, USA, and the amount of people that were attending Donald Trump rallies, I mean, he'd had like twenty, thirty thousand 30,000 at a rally and another 10,000 sitting outside, whereas after watching the Hillary rallies, which I've watched at least never a dozen saw a of lot them. You of
0: her rallies, did you? No, well, the numbers, I did. the numbers, well, not, well, yeah. the numbers in the crowds, I mean. The
4: numbers in the crowds, no, you didn't see it because she was lucky to fill up you know, a, 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 a basketball a, a stadium, you know mm. what I mean? Which was only about three to 4,000 people. You could see that something really different was going on in the country, and the polls didn't match what was actually happening on the street. Mm. So a lot of people were saying the polls are rigged, yada, yada, yada. But you know what? I honestly believe the polls weren't rigged. You know what it was? I think there was the silent and shy Trump voter. The person that was going to vote for Trump but was never going to tell anyone. Why? Because the left had done such a good job at berating us, such a good job at trying to silence our speech, that they they just didn't want to cop all that rubbish, that flack from the left just in case they put their hand up and said, oh yeah, I'm a Trump voter, you know? So... That's my take on it. And I am so happy. I can tell you right now, I am so happy. This is going to kick the whole climate change, global warming garbage down the road, I hope. This is going to kick gun control down the road. And this is going to kick uh, a a massive, massive kick in the head of political correctness and the social justice warriors.
5: Justin. Couldn't agree more. And there's a a meme that says when, a, when America sneezes, Australia catches a cold and generally our trends follow about five years behind America socially and culturally etc there's already a similar shift going on in Australia with that silent majority, the quiet shy majority who are just sick of having everything they represent being termed racist, bigoted, xenophobic and having this political correctness thrust down their throats by people who really should know better but have never been challenged in any way. They've never had to live with criticism. They've always got a trophy for participating, and they've never had to deal with being a loser. And that the the, the rise, if you like, they're calling it the alt-right, and this is another classic case of self-deception by this arrogant media because it's not the alt-right, it's... Everybody who's been downtrodden by political correctness, by these false accusations that are used in order to silence rational debate. And in Australia, we've had that in two forms that I'll just name off the top of my head. Gun owners have been subjected to exactly that for 20 years. As soon as we try and have a rational debate, Port Arthur, it just gets thrown in our face and it's used as a club to shut down debate. The second thing is the Muslim community. I'm not going to get into any of that. I'm just going to say to Muslims, welcome to the club. We've been dealing with this media hype for 20 years and we know exactly what it's like. So finally, the majority of people are starting to realize hey, we have a voice. We can fight back at the ballot box and it's happening. And I see a lot of turbulence in Australia in the next two years as the media and the elites desperately, desperately try to hang on to power. And they don't realise that, like sand, the tighter you try to hold onto it, the more of it slips through your fingers. And more and more people in the two thousand and eight, sorry, 2018 state elections, uh, I think we're going to have a lot more orange by-election style upsets. And I, I see, and I hope to see more, more and more people turning off the project and Sunrise and the usual news programming and actually thinking for themselves and applying some critical thinking to say, hang on a minute we are all getting screwed. What can I do about it? Instead of just saying, oh, it's that person's fault because the media told me it was. So I see this as an earthquake across the whole political landscape that where the media and the elites and big business have been in bed together and they've had a great run for 15, 20 years. But with anything, if you screw people over long enough, they find a way to fight back. And that's what's happening now. Did
0: you see the one on the, the, the project um, with Steve Price? Did you see that one where the chick was having – was it Jamil or oh, something yes. or other? Did you guys see that yeah. one where yep. basically yeah. she was having a go at him and it said you – know, Steve Price basically said, well, this is the real America. This is the, you know, the mums and dads basically. And she, she had a HT shirt on, say so Hillary Clinton, yeah. right? And then uh, basically uh, she started you know, belittling him by not letting him talk, by uh, talking down to him and he said, well – uh, can, can I talk? Am I, am I allowed to talk? Can I talk? <laughs> and then that. eventually Classic. and eventually, he just said, well, this is the reason Donald Trump won, because of people like you. Exactly. And all That's of a sudden, exactly Ka- right. Carrie Bickmore then goes, oh, don't use that tone. And, and then he came on the show again, I think a few days later, might have been the next day, I can't really remember. And then Waleed took over, old Waleed Ali, whatever his name is, took over and basically said, you know, do you regret this? He said, no, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. So... I mean, you know, for, you reckon this is going to be good for gun ownership? I mean, I'm already hearing, you know, reciprocal rights for concealed carry, uh, a lot of different things, repealing any, uh, what do they call them, executive orders that have been, you know, on gun control. Those, you know, there'll, there'll be none of that. And if there is any, they're going to be quashed. Mm. I mean, this is pretty good stuff. The Hearing Protection Act is being. Uh, ramped up and hyped, uh, which I see as a good
5: uh, – it has good signs, and that's to do with legalising suppressors across all jurisdictions, uh, f- as it says, for the purpose of hearing protection. In the United States. In the, in the United States. States, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. The, the legislation's on his desk uh, to pass that law that exempts suppressors from uh, the $200 tax stamp and treats them as a part of the firearm that somebody already owns. And it specifically says that any state law that tries to – Impose a tax on the suppressor is automatically invalid by virtue of this federal law, which is kind of funny if you know something about American legislation. The state law is supposed to be um, preeminent, and the federal government 's supposed to have a very limited role, but that hasn 't happened, and the federal government 's very very powerful they 've taken all this almost illegal unconstitutional power. So it's almost like coming full circle where the federal government is specifically saying, with this little bit of legislation, there's one step in the right direction at least, that the state law, even if a crazy state like California or or New York wants to tax suppressors, they will find themselves falling foul of federal legislation. So that has good indications for Australia. Because we once that's passed, we can capitalise on that to say, let's bring Australia in line with international standards because legal in America, legal in Europe, mandatory in Britain and New Zealand, practically. Um, why? What What the hell is Australia doing lagging behind? Mate,
4: I love your optimism. <laughs> I tell you, I love your optimism. Look, it's going to be great news for gun owners in the United States, no doubt the Trump election is going to be great news because the two big ones that I can see is reciprocal conceal carry and the other one is um getting rid of gun free zones like that they're two massive ones right so it's going to be great whether or not that affects us down the road in a positive way i'm i'm on the fence i don't know if it will or not i think our politicians will fight tooth and nail to retain what we have and to also try and clamp down even further that's my opinion now uh the only thing that will upset the apple cart um, in, in that respect in politicians if next election in uh, Queensland, for example, if One Nation ends up having the balance of power. They, right? are, they, which, are,
0: they are talking about that, aren't they? Yeah,
4: they are talking about that. So they're talking about the, the, the Libs and One Nation pretty much having a Greens and Labor type of relationship, which is, I think, fantastic. Now, um, if that happens, hopefully they will block any kind of more national gun laws that are forced upon us. That's pretty much... Uh, my hope, right? So I'm not quite as optimistic as some people are, thinking that, oh, okay, we're going to get AR-15s for everyone now. Um, I don't think that's going to Nobody's happen. Nobody's suggesting that. I know, I know. No, we, I'm, not, I'm not saying that you're suggesting it either, but there are. Am I able to suggest that? Yeah, you can suggest that. <laughs> 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 but, but I just think, you know, like um, our politicians, and, and this is just a sign just recently, Donald Trump has said, you know, global warming, climate change, what a load of crap, right? And they were like pretty much his exact words. Uh, on Twitter, and he's got no intention, and neither did the other two major polluters, uh, China and India, the three biggest polluters, USA, China and India, have got no intention in signing these Paris Accords at Marrakesh uh, for climate change, global warming. And and you know what? Donald Trump got elected, and what does our government do? They send a whole bunch of delegates to to Marrakesh to, to these Paris Climate Accords to give away more of our money. I mean, these guys they 're tone deaf they 're tone deaf, and I know this hasn 't got much to do with gun laws, but the point is is that they 're still marching on that one that that one lane road while the rest of the world is going elsewhere so and This is the problem with with our government the government still haven 't got the message they still haven 't got the message, and I think it 's going to take a lot more one nation senators to get elected and a lot more S, uh, Shooters, Fishers and Farmers Party by elections to happen for them to actually start getting the mm, message.
5: Absolutely. I'm not saying, uh, I agree with your point about Australia and politicians holding on harder, ag- agreed. However, my optimism only stems from the alternative that's been averted Because if Hillary Clinton had won, we all know what she was going to do with the Supreme Court, with the Second Amendment, and our government and our gun control people would have been incredibly emboldened by that. Um, The investments that um, George Soros would have got and the resources he could have pumped in behind the scenes into gun control in Australia would have been incredible. And that would have been a very large setback for us. And that's been averted, which is what gives me hope that the similar reasons that Trump got elected can be replicated in Australia. And we can ride that like a rising tide. Mm. Second point I just want to make. I wonder if anyone has done an analysis on the carbon emissions from all the aircraft that the delegates flew to Marrakesh (laughs) to sign up an accord to reduce global climate pollution uh i'm pretty sure anyone who tries to do that
0: study would get it knocked on the Mm. head pretty quickly that's that's not information they want out there well this has been a very good time hasn't it i mean people people have sent a uh, strong message haven't they that uh, these things are important to them and uh, they don't want another person that's part of the establishment they want uh, change and he won considerably. Now, they were talking about the other day, I think it was, that Hillary still won you know, the popular vote. Well, as I think it was yesterday, he's overtaken her in that aspect as well. So, um, you know, people spoke. Uh, I, think, I think they thought it would. they were just a shoe in to win. I mean, even the media now here in Australia are still talking, still writing articles, still crying into their you know, tissues because they didn't win. I mean, if you've been on YouTube, you've seen... All the people that have been crying at the rallies—they're bawling their eyes out. It's unbelievable. It, it's fantastic, you know. <laughs> but people have sent a strong message. We don't want, you know, we want someone else. Yeah, Trump's rough around the edges. You know, he says some silly things at times, you know, which you know, I think we all have. I said some silly things probably the last couple of days, probably right now even. But the point is, they sent a strong message, and um, you know, we've seen, as uh, Justin said, we've seen that with Brexit as well. Uh, we've seen it with the One Nation. If they you know, take a, a good amount of votes say, at the Queensland election, that may very well be the case. Well, Jase, um, you're absolutely right. Um, one of the things that I want to mention too is
4: the media. Now, the media have been caught with their pants down. They really have. And all the lies and the BS they've been pumping out how great Hillary is and every single attack they've made on Donald Trump and all this leftist garbage – What really surprised me the most is once Trump got elected and once the media got its ass handed to him, right, what have they done? They've doubled down. they doubled down on the BS and they continue on with their lies. The people can see. uh, The emperor has no clothes, right? The people can see through it and what do they do? They keep going. It's just amazing. I just find it absolutely astonishing. I I kid you not, there's not a day that goes by on my Facebook feed that I don't see an anti-Trump story on the age or the Guardian? Oh, the Guardian! Every <laughs> single day, the guy hasn't even Guardian's the worst. The guy hasn't <laughs> even been inaugurated yet, right? He's not even in office, yeah. and he's and it's already, mate. It's a media
0: onslaught, and the people have just switched off. And I just find it absolutely astonishing. But you've only got to read the comments to realise people. Are, people, you read the yeah. comments. The first twenty comments. Oh, we're not falling for this. Yeah. You know, D- don't try and pull the wool over our eyes. You know, yeah, spot again, on. Again, the City Morning Herald, whichever one's doing it, they're at it again. But um, any final words on that? Because we're taking a fair bit of time on that so far. Uh, well, listen. I'll, congratulations, I'll, Donald congratulations, J. Trump.
4: Congratulations, Donald Trump, uh, being the 45th United States president. And may he uh, serve two full terms and bring about change that we need. They keep saying Bernie
0: 2020. I was like, Bernie's 79 years old. I don't know <laughs> if he'll be alive. I don't know if he'll be alive then. Uh, um, my, the, the, um, the reports I have is that Ron Perlman, Hellboy actor? Oh, yeah.
5: Ron it, uh, he's, he's put his hand up for
0: 2020 And I would like to, if I was an American, <laughs> he'd be getting my vote <laughs> Is he for the Republican or is he a Democrat? Which I don't know it? yet <laughs> um, Alright, well, before we get into our voicemails We've taken 20 minutes already just talking about Trump Unbelievable We could take another 20 <laughs> We could <laughs> um, This one we're talking about uh, the orange by-election wow. Before we get into our emails and all that sort of good stuff We will get into those in just a few moments but the Orange by-election, as we know, the, the greyhound racing and partly the council amalgamations was yeah, it was, was a big important part uh, of people voting heavily against the Nationals. Now, if I'm just going to punch up some details in a minute. But what basically happened was uh, the 2GB, so Ray Hadley amongst a few people, and Alan Jones got behind the, Phil Donato and the Shooters and Fishers party uh, yep. there in the Orange by-election. And it's basically neck and neck now. I think the Shooters and Fishers Party have got a few more votes than the Nationals. Yeah, the just Nationals, in front. yeah, the Nationals have asked for a recount, which apparently is to be expected in this situation because of it being so close. Um, but what people don't realise, and we said this on the show the whole time, that uh, you know, the conservative government, the bad government, shouldn't be just outright banning things for no reason. As we've stated before, I've got no real interest in greyhound racing. I don't bet on them. I think the last time when I had a few drinks was about 10, 10, 12 years ago uh, when I had a bet on some greyhounds. And you know, basically, the the people of uh, Orange have voted against, heavily voted against the Nationals. I mean, the swing, I think, right now, and Mario is just going to punch it up in a sec when he takes over. But I think there's a thirty percent swing now. 34 percent is it? Swing against the Nationals. I mean, that is huge. Mm. They've got more for, more votes, right, as of right now, in two party preferred than the Nationals. Mm. I mean, this is huge. One, what does this mean? We've also seen uh, the result of this already that they reckon a 15% swing would have seen the end of Troy Grant. Well, he's gone now as the, uh, uh, the leader of the Nationals here in New South Wales and the uh, Deputy Premier. So what does that mean, guys? What does that mean for you know gun owners? What does it mean for us? Because my only major concern here, and don't get me wrong, this is fantastic. If they get a seat in the lower house, it's fantastic for gun owners. But what I did hear was that Troy Grant was the only person in Parliament thus far That is stopping the Adler 7 shot going into a category C or D or at least into a higher category that's not available for uh, owners. So with Troy Grant gone, potentially gone as the police minister, it's great that Phil's going to get in. If he gets in, we hope he does. But what does this mean for people if we get a, a police minister that's going to go along with the rest of the states?
5: I personally don't think it's going to change much for shooters immediately. Uh, it's a, a massive sea change for the National Party for New South Wales politics. And as I said earlier, the, the actual result is irrelevant because the message has already been sent: is that Australia is having its own Trump process as well. The only reason—well, this is my opinion. My opinion: the only reason Troy Grant blocked the coag police minister's meeting from reclassifying the Adela was of his fear that it would hurt the orange by-election well it has and if the Nats had won in orange the next one he would have just thrown us under the bus again so all that happened was with him blocking it last time we only bought ourselves six months grace and it would have happened again next time what it gives us is six months to go on the offensive and use these results to send a clear message to everybody involved are you listening yet You know, drain the billabong. We are coming. If you do not support us, we will not only you will not only lose our votes, but we will campaign against you at the next election. And it will be your job next. And what we can do is we have seen how effective it is to change your own local election. Not only did they elect Phil Donato, they got rid of the deputy premier of New South Wales. They got rid of the leader of the Nationals Party. This is impressive. This is political might being exercised and we are only just getting started we've got no corporate funding we're a bunch of amateurs doing the best we can and we've literally okay we haven't blown up the Death Star but we've taken down the leader of the Nationals Party in New South Wales and the Deputy Premier for those people who previously had not sent in a letter or hadn't met with their local member because you thought, oh, the media is too strong, or we can't do anything because the enemy is too strong, yeah, what hope do we have? This is your wake-up call. We are making progress. We are making wins, and all we need is momentum. And if we get a few more people to just get active, use the template letters, call your local member, take some family members shooting the effects that we can have are off the chart. We just need people hey, to even, uh,
0: even though I'm a bit upset with Troy Grant in regards to, obviously, the Greyhound racing, we caught him up. I think Mario caught him up. I sent emails. God knows how many emails. Will be three emails uh, and a physical letter on that one. I probably should have sent more physical ones. But in saying that, too, in all fairness, probably to Troy Grant, though, I mean, I think he's been, in regards to gun stuff, probably since the start, even though you probably are right, he was just going to wait to the by-election. But even long before that, He's still been very generally, even though I, I dislike him quite considerably in regards to the Greyhound ban, especially Mike Baird, he has been quite consistent though on the gun thing from the start. Now whether that was because, this is long before the Orange by-election though, so how will it, what can we do now if basically people, like we get a new police minister, let's say, it's not him, if, it, if someone takes over and they agree with it, what are we going to do, do we need to write letters, do we need to ring them up, what do we need to do? All of the above, meet with them,
5: and the the SSAA, the SFFP, the LDP, whatever, Shooters Union, Australian Deer Association, whatever organisations you are a member of, lobby those members to do something and meet with them and plead our case and put it forward, because those organisations are the best hope that we have of getting formal recognition from the government that there's a real issue. So if ordinary constituents write in and complain, that is on the radar. But if they have you know, if their secretary says, Oh, Mr whoever he is, the police minister, your nine AM meeting is with five people and they all represent different hunting and shooting organizations and they're coming there with a consistent message to say mm. this discrimination has to stop. We have to have a debate based on facts, the the um, the bureaucratic groups that are making decisions and recommendations for the ministers must be staffed with people who have firearms experience. They listen, mm. and that's one thing we can all do is make a noise to our member organisations to say, you must start acting on our behalf and get in touch with this minister.
4: Yeah, absolutely, mate. I absolutely agree. Uh, I wanted to just touch on that orange by-election a bit more with my thoughts um Look, I've I got high praise for the Shooters, Fishers and Farmers. They've a fantastic job. They had something like 1,500 volunteers across the other states come in and help out to hand out flies. Uh, it was just a monumental task, really. Done. they done a fantastic job. But I, I, I am really disappointed in the, in the electorate. I'm really disappointed, I'll be honest with you. Um, what, after
0: 13,000 people still voted for the Nationals, did they? Well, <laughs> it's
4: not that. It's not that, Jason, right? I mean, think of it. If it wasn't for the preference deal... If it wasn't for preferencing, nationals will still be in, right? Oh. So that's, that, that's very important to mention, and I'll tell you why, right? The nationals who are supposed to represent country people, here they are, they've kicked Orange in the teeth with this forced amalgamations, right? Uh, with Mike Baird and Troy Grant backing him up with that. Then they've kicked them again in the teeth with the, the Greyhound band, okay? So it's like you've been kicked, you've been kicked to the ground, and now, now, now that you're on the ground... You're kicked again in the face, right? And what do you do when you get up? You know, you shake the person's hand. You, you still give them, a, you know, a big rap, you know, around the back, and you know, pat on the back. It's just unbelievable. I just don't understand the people. Like, and, and this has always been a big gripe of mine for with the Australian people is that it takes a very long time and a lot of beatings for them to just wake up, just wake up. And, and it's just it, and it's just it just blows my mind how Nats even got that many votes. Mm. Like, it just blows my mind. What don't people understand? These people are not representing your best interest. What does it take for you to vote them out and vote them out con- convincingly, mm. right? And and that's what really shocked me. I, I, and I'm glad. I'm glad that, you know, the, the Nats got beaten. Don't get me wrong. But what, I'm just really disheartened, to be honest, that it took – and this is very important to mention a labour
0: preference deal to get them in and not exactly. only that but what about but, the free publicity huge publicity oh i yeah, i that's think what I'm they can to. really thank um, alan jones and yep. ray Hadley. i mean they were up there on the radio yep. whilst this was happening weeks before that they were running live you know yep. from parts of orange um, at one of the clubs i think as well huge amount of publicity i think that's made a huge huge difference just goes to show the power the media can have in that respect uh, on an election, I mean, yep. they got a huge amount of votes. I mean, it's just, and we, me and Mario, were talking about this previously. Like when you were saying, what does it take to vote people out? I yep. mean, if you're not going to vote them out, you're going to get what you've always got. Exactly, I exactly. Mean,
4: and this is what we talked about last show. I mean, if if the people of Orange vote the that's in, well, mate, they deserve everything they get. Yeah, you deserve that's it. That's, that's it. You deserve you deserve everything you're going to get, and it's only going to em- embolden uh, the incumbent yeah, they, government don't care, to, eh? to kick you even more. Yeah. Right now, here's the thing, right? um the shooters fishers and farmers and labor had a deal to uh, a preference deal and it's worked out fine for them right but it it required all the stars to be aligned right it required the nationals to kick the country people in the teeth it required the the media to go on an, a, an absolute massive assault an offensive in favor of shooters fishers and, and farmers party right uh and and that's what required and and it even then, they just got over the line. It looks like they're still counting the votes, actually. It's like they're only ahead by 80 votes, right? So I'm really disillusioned with the public at this stage in some way, especially the country people, because I think, you know, they're like stuck in Stockholm syndrome or yeah. something like that. So, and it, it just shows you the massive road ahead that we've got that no matter, you know, how much you let the people down, all the major the people continue to, to, to vote for their captors, you know, mm. continue to vote for their abusers. So we've got a, still got a long way to go, I believe. We've still got a long way to go. And I, I, I don't think that this orange by-election is something that will be, I guess, repeated on a great level of numbers, right? I don't think it's going to be repeated a, a, a lot across the country. I hope it does. I hope it does. But I don't think it is because I just think the people really haven't woken up yet. And it's going to take a lot more to wake them up.
0: Yep. This one's interesting. Before we go on, I just wanted to say that even though the Nationals have been smashed, right, unprecedented swing against them, this is the arrogance, right, of the Nationals. And this is Sydney Morning Herald. doesn't surprise me that it's Sean Nichols. But anyway, November 18, 2016, bang, bang, bang. Oh, yes. Adrian Piccoli attacks Labor in New South Wales Parliament over Shooters Deal. The expected election of the first Shooters, Fishers and Farmers MP to the New South Wales Lower House has sparked uproar with Education Minister Adrian Pickley feigning shooting members of the opposition front bench to make a point. In extraordinary scenes, Mr Pickley began yelling, bang, 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 <laughs> while pointing at Labor MPs. You don't get out of it that easily, he yelled. That's the Shooters Party. Shooters, Fishers and Farmers candidate Phil Donato has been expected to claim victory in Orange with a 34%. Justin was right, swing against the Nationals on a mm. primary vote. However, the by-election result plunged into uncertainty on Thursday following the recount involving misplaced bundle of votes. This is what I'm saying. And then he went on to say, so what's he celebrating, he asked, AR-15 assault rifles, because that's what they want in New South Wales. That's yeah. what you've given them. Uh, he calls it then, this is disgraceful. <laughs>
4: it's unbelievable. Hang
0: <laughs> hey, on, you know, it gets even better. Pickley then says, I've got a wife and two children. Oh, They're eight nice. and six. Here we go. And we go on holidays. We may have been at Port Arthur at that time. Yeah. This guy, right? It's unbelievable. Is, is a nationals. Mm. Supposed to be supporting gun owners and rural people. And
4: this is the tripe. Rolls out rolls out the Port Arthur. Yep. Rolls hey, out the rhetoric. Can you
5: explain to me how his eight-year-old kid is going to go back in time, 20 years, to be... Please, just...
0: Labour MP. Well, shattered.
5: he's he's <laughs> implying
4: he's implying that all of us are going to go on a rampage. Yeah, absolute <laughs> discrimination. It's it, Absolutely is, it, it, uh, it's it is disgusting.
0: It's it is disgusting. But me, here's the
4: thing, Jason. On, before let me, you go on, before yeah. you go, on, I want to make this point. And this is a really important point. How many times do you hear the rhetoric from people within our own, uh, you know, groups? Oh, we've got to go slow and steady. Slow and steady. You know, we can't go too hardcore on that stuff, right? But look at what happens, right? There's no point going slow and steady. The moment. The moment an SF SF a Shooters, Fishers and Farmers Party member gets into uh, the lower house and wins a seat, what do you hear? You hear that poor rubbish, Arthur, poor the port Arthur, Arthur rubbish Arthur. come out. Oh, they want assault rifles. They want mate. There is n- they are never going to give us an easy ride. So we just might as well come out and say yes. You know what? We don't want the National Firearms Agreement. We think it's crap. We want common sense gun laws at the very least on par with New Zealand yep. and Canada. And you know, and, and that should be a standard response by everyone in all the program parties—the the Liberal Democrats, the Shooters, Fishers, and Farmers Party—and you know what? I mean, David leinholm has been very, very good on this. I mean, he's he's extremely programmed, but I can't say the same for some of the Shooters, Fishers, and Farmers Party. They're going to roll out the Port Arthur skeleton every single time you, en- you you make any kind of political headway. They're always going to roll it out, and this is from a national. This is not even from the Greens. Or Labor or anyone else. This is from a national, someone who's supposed to support gun owners in, to some extent. And here he is rolling out, bang, bang, bang. I mean, it's absolutely disgraceful. And that, it just comes to my, goes to my point, Jason. There's no point of this slow and steady stuff. We've had 20 years of slow and steady, and the moment we are close to winning a seat, all of a sudden, bang, they roll out the, the Port Arthur thing. So we've just got to just uh, be honest and upfront with ourselves. We've got to defend our position and defend
0: it well. Yeah,
5: I am in the process of trying to put together a bit of a document that helps people rebut these insane accusations um, in, in soundbites. So if, I'm not going to go into it in detail, but it would be great for us all to put our minds together and develop a response to something like that that's just a few lines. If somebody pulls up Port Arthur and says, whoa, well, well, well it, we're not all like that, mental health, whatever it is, we need to be able to rebut that because it is such a horrific event that's ingrained in Australia's psyche and the media relentlessly harp on about it, that it is a great disservice that so few of us have a adequate... I know there's nothing really that you can say about it, but we need to be able to put it in context and work around it because, as Mario said, every time we try and push forwards a little, that's the hammer they use to whack us with. And it's a very effective hammer because it's such a visceral event And we need to be able to calmly take the energy out of that, take the emotion Mm. out of it, draw the poison out of that. And as a collective group, whatever our organizations are, whatever our media people are, it's a good project to brainstorm some ideas around, and I'll put that out there, uh, to to start thinking about how we can try and address the Port Arthur hammer. Because if we can do that in the media, as soon as anyone puts a camera in our face to say, why do you want an AR-15 death machine, semi-automatic, (laughs) high-powered? We've got a response because that gives you confidence. And if you've got something there, then we can move forward. And
0: I like David Helm's... issue on that when he goes, well, why not? You know, We're a law-abiding firearms owners. We have exactly. a right to go about our legal law-abiding activities without exactly. undue hindrance from government. Why, should, why, I, why should
4: I be persecuted because yeah. of the actions of one madman 20 years ago? Because that's what Australia does. I'm Australian a lawful does. gun owner. I'm a lawful, law-abiding, tax-paying gun owner. I yeah. refuse to be associated with criminals like Martin Bryan, and I'm highly offended that you are... You know, mm. presuming that that's something that you know is going to be the norm, if we all of a sudden allow sensible gun laws like they have in Canada and New Zealand. Exactly. I mean, there's no evidence for that. So, and this is the thing. This sort of stuff's got to be rebutted at every opportunity, and and people who represent us politically have to really get their game on when it comes to this sort of stuff and rebutting this nonsense that we hear from Adrian Pickley, the bang, bang, bang rubbish.
5: I want to use an example. Um, In America, up until the 1920s, there was a massive problem with alcoholism and and violence, uh, etc. And there was a growing movement that said we should abolish alcohol. And it got so bad that eventually they did, and they passed this Prohibition Act. Hmm. And for 13 years, 14 years, America had prohibition of alcohol. And... The only thing that it conclusively proved was that it was not a good idea. There was illegal stills smuggling in from Canada. The only people who were enriched was the organised crime yep, and alcopanes, Al yeah. which is exactly what we're seeing with the war on drugs, and it's exactly what we're seeing with prohibition of firearms in Australia. However, it took that time for people to wake up and realise that the anti point of view had no basis in, no valid basis in reality. Australia's had 20 years to experiment with gun control, and it's been proved conclusively that it doesn't work. It hasn't worked. We've got Pasquale, whatever his name is, shot in Bankstown, the, mm. the hitmen being shot at all over the yeah, place, carjacking. there's a lot of uh, hits. Yeah. It's, it, it's, con- and the, it's been a few in the f- last couple the, of weeks. Yeah. They pulled mm. him into court. The, they, they found the guy who shot him, pulled him into court, and get this. The judge handed him a firearms prohibition order. <laughs> a piece of paper Take this home to your mummy That says you're not allowed to m- the, the police he's kicked gone, his door yeah, in Yeah okay. Yeah. The police kicked his door in They found a Glock in his TV cabinet With ammunition and a clip for a, a torch So they're pretty mm. sure that's the murder weapon that he's got Now A, he doesn't have a firearms licence B, it's not a registered firearm C, is a criminal anyway yeah. And the mentality of our judiciary Don't get me started, I'll rant all night This judge said Here's a piece of paper that prohibits you from owning a firearm And to his credit The prosecution, QC or whoever he was, was noted in the paper as saying that it's highly likely that he would be able to acquire another illegal firearm if you let him out on bail. Like in opposing bail, they said, yeah, he's got a firearms prohibition order, but it's not worth the paper it's written on because he got the original one without any trouble. So that, like, what do they
0: think they're going to do with this prohibition? Or is go, oh, okay, I won't get a gun. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, oh, well. that, that's the mentality
5: you, of handed the lefty me that paper. liberal. Well, you've yeah.
4: handed me that paper now. Now I can't I can't get my
0: illegal firearms anymore. Damn.
4: I
5: really?
0: Hang on, let me just... I didn't mean to cut off. I was going to get to the end of this one. So let me just finish off the Sydney Morning Herald one just to finish off uh, the Pickley we were just talking about. Mind you, again, this is the Nationals, disgraceful. I guess probably Bridget McKenzie's the better one of the bad bunch, I guess. But anyway, as Labor MP shouted, you are disgrace, Mr. Pickley declared. You did a preference, dear, with the people who want to get rid of national gun laws, and then Mr. Pickley rose, bang, 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 while pointing at labor MPs you don 't get out of it that easily, he yelled that 's the shooters' party, unbelievable talk then goes on to talk about gun laws, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So this is the nationals guys, definitely in my opinion, not worthy um, of your vote pretty much, not at all remotely. this is the nationals that are supposed to be supporting gun owners They're supposed to be supporting farmers. Ridiculous not doing any of that, just another shield for the LNP. Uh, Exactly, or the Liberal Party, at least, obviously.
4: Yeah, no, exactly, Jason. Now, um, what I also wanted to mention too is double SAA. Now, they've just made made a major blunder, I think. Uh, This is the uh, New South Wales branch, double SAA, praising Troy Grant, Mm -hmm. Mm right? Praising Troy Grant uh, in halting the so called Adler ban when really, I mean, Troy Grant. Was suggesting that it'd be moved to category B, which really doesn't do very much, and then the, and then the five sh- and over the five shot limit moved to category C or D or whatever it was, right? And and double SWA had been praising Troy Grant for stopping this from happening, but I mean, really, uh, is Troy Grant really on our side? I think this was comes down to like you said before, Justin, because of the Orange by election, and um, now that Troy Grant stepped down as leader. Okay, where does that leave us? That's the question, guys. Where does that leave us? Where does that leave the whole Adler issue? Uh, is this going to be resurfaced, and that will the Adler be relegated to uh, the category D for five shots and over? Now, um, I'm not so sure what's going to happen uh, regarding this. Uh, I'm certainly hoping the new um, uh, nationals leader, and I can't—I think of his name right right now at the Barilaro. moment. Barillaro. Barillaro. That's right. Um, John Barillaro. Now I, I don't have much faith in this bloke because um, I think he was the one who's also supported the Greyhound Ban. If I correct me if I'm wrong, that's, yeah, that's no, what I've heard no, on the radio. Right. Yep. So how on earth you say so you got they got rid of one leader or one leader stepped down who supported the Greyhound Ban and replaced him with another leader who's <laughs> also supported the Greyhound Ban, yeah, doubling down <laughs> just like but the media. What what really yeah. surprises me is how the hell these people are stupid. Well, that's right. How the hell does Mike Baird still have a job? Look, I just can't I believe think, I think he's in all severe these, trouble. Well, he's, he is, but you know, the heads have rolled except for the one head that really matters who's concocted all this, and that's Mike Baird. He's um, uh, council amalgamations, which is causing so much angst in, in a lot of communities. His uh, idea for the Greyhound Band, which let's face it, and this is just my opinion, and I think I'm right on the money on this one, It's no, nothing more than a land grab. It's a land grab. Okay he wants the greyhound tracks and and you can tell it's a land grab because they've talked about um, uh, restoring the greyhound industry, but some tracks will be closed down that's what I heard now think about that why would they want some tracks to be closed down? Well, I think they just want to try and get those prime real estate tracks that um, they want to sell off to developers and that's just you know that's just the gist of it there's no other practical reason so Mike Baird is the one whose head should be rolling, and somehow he survives, mate. He's like the, the cat with nine lives. It's unbelievable. But I'm certainly hoping that his days are numbered and, and the next election will be gone.
0: Very good. Let's go into a, geez, a bit, <laughs> 43 minutes, guys. We've been talking about lots of different topics. Um, we're going to go through Oh, that's right. some of the Facebook messages just quickly. So what we're going to do, we'll go through the Facebook messages right now. All right, first one is from uh, Joshua. Love the show. I work night shift, so it helps kill the time. Keep it up. On a negative note, it's not regular enough as I need more episodes. What do you reckon?
4: <laughs> Look, uh, absolutely. Uh, Muzz
0: needs to pull his finger out a bit. I, I do, yes. Uh,
4: Josh, <laughs> thanks very much for your uh, email. Yes, we would love to record this show on a weekly basis. We really would. Uh, unfortunately, uh, there's just um, not enough time and we've got, um, you know, our normal lives to live and we've got to go hunting and, and those sort of things and Trust me, we would love to bring you so much more news uh, every week and we certainly are going to try and do a lot more in the future.
0: Yep. All right, now, that Paulie. Paulie. Hey, Jason, big fan of the podcast. I wanted to get a pistol, but it seems very difficult to get. Is there any info uh, that clearly explains what to do? We're probably going to do that in another show anyway. He's in New South Wales. So, you know, basically you've got to do, you know, you've got to go to a local club, you've got to join a club, you're on probation for the first six months, you can't own... Uh, any pistol for the first six months, after the first six months, you can actually own two pistols. The weird part about that is you can own either two, say, rimfire twenty twos, or two senderfires. You can't own a twenty two and a 9mm after the first six months. I mean, how ridiculous is that? After the 12 months, obviously, you can own whatever you want and enjoy that. Because you're such a danger to the public yeah. in the first six months. No, you, but after that, it goes away. Exactly. <laughs> if, if, you, if you've got two nine mils as opposed to a 9mm and a twenty you you're more dangerous. Yeah. You know, like, or if you, if you pick two twenty twos, that's fine. Or you pick a nine mil and say a thirty eight super or whatever it is, thirty eight special, whatever you want to pick, that's fine. Yeah. But just not one of each different. Can't have rim fire center fire. the two rim fire, two center fire. I'm,
4: I'm not so much against a, a, a waiting period uh, to acquire handguns. I mean, they have them in the United States too. I mean, there's a seven day waiting period in most states to acquire a handgun. I'm not so much against it really, especially if it's your first. Uh, firearm um I'm, I'm quite happy with a, a two or three week wait but anything more than that is just ridiculous really
5: it just conclusively proves that the legislation was written by people who have no
0: clue about firearms at all no good stuff all right james grinter james jason long time listener young avid pig deer and duck hunter I attribute a lot of my passion and hunting and everything I've learned to your show. Well, that's lovely. Very nice. Mate, love the political stuff. Very eye-opening. However, I'd love a bit me if you could do a bit more on hunting with dogs series. Yeah, that could be something definitely we could do. Mm-hmm. Much like your political part series leading into the election, perhaps each episode you could cover a specific game and how you can utilize dogs in the pursuit of that game, uh, etc. Uh, there is so much out there to know and learn about hunting, working with dogs. I'm aware that you have touched on a lot of these issues in past episodes, but I feel getting more specific from a dog point of view in terms of how to work them how to train them cheers i know you're busy uh but keep keep it up so that's a nice one from um well jason uh, not jason
4: you've just come back from your duck hunting uh, oh, yeah. down uh, down yeah, south think, so yes, yeah. and i've seen all your uh facebook posts and all pictures of you with your, with the ducks mm, i <laughs> love i love bird shooting
0: i love bird shooting come and on you, mate you're going to spill the beans let us know what it was like uh, <laughs> yeah no it was pretty good pretty good um uh, hunted ducks on a Pacific property. Um, I might even give you guys some today if you're lucky. I'll give you a little bit because it's expensive. So oh. we <laughs> we stay on a farmer's property and we had a basically this year. We've asked him a couple of years, but he's very freaky about his uh, sheep. And he goes, "Oh yeah," because he really knows us now. We stay in his property and everything like that in a property on, on his on his land. And he goes, "Come up and pick up a hogget, which is a two-tooth, which is just a bit older than lamb, about you know, fourteen months, fifteen months, depending. You know, it's in the middle. it's not lamb, it's not mutton, but it's in the middle. Really good tasting. The reckon heats better. So he goes, you know, pay for it. Give me a hundred dollars, which is a reasonable price for a whole mm. a whole sheep. I'll we'll gut it, uh, cut it up. I will hang it first in one of the fridges. Yeah, like an old Coke fridge. So we hung it up there. The only thing was very interesting, and this is actually an interesting point I wanted to talk about too. Is when you're shooting something, it's a lot different than having to put a knife to something's throat. Because um, he goes, which one do you want? And he goes, that one's really good. There, that's a good sized one. I said, yeah, that one'll do. And it's kind of interesting because I'm thinking you'd cut, you know, like when you're sitting there, like in. Like, obviously, I can't do this because I'm actually you know, talking verbally and this is audio. But you'd cut it in. Well, no, like I'm thinking, well, how are we going to do this? He goes, well, it's jumping around too much. We can't use a 22, so mm. we're going, yeah, we're going to have to slit it straight. I'm thinking, oh shit all right. And so he goes, I'll do it anyway because I'll make sure it's done right anyway. So he sort of jumps on it. It's not too happy, obviously. You know what I mean? Sticks the knife straight into the side of its neck through and actually slits outwards, rips the head back. Sorry if this is so graphic, but rips the head back, breaks the neck, and obviously bleeds out, etc. And I'm thinking, just me looking at that, not being a farmer, I was thinking, even for me, like that'd take me a lot to be able to do that. Like, you know, be able to do that. Like, it's shooting, it's at a distance, yeah, it's dead. Not getting really up close and personal with it. So, that is something I want to do because I want to learn. To be able to do that Yeah yeah. But we, we skinned it We hung it And, and we sh- he showed us interesting thing About getting water Getting in yep. between The skin with water yeah, Removing the skin With the hand and the fist Which is quite interesting Didn't really know How to do that before uh, We went and hung it up Cut it up And we, I got like Two leg rows Mm. Oh, heaps of cutlets, heaps. I mean, th- this is like, I probably got about $200, $220 worth wow. of meat off it. And that was going halves with another friend. Mm. Uh, so we, so the last day we, we were coming home, we cut it up on the bandsaw because he goes, You can hang it up there for quite a while. It's when you actually cut it with the bandsaw, it doesn't last very long. You have, you have to get it on ice, which is quite interesting. You can put a whole beast that hasn't been. He goes, If you're using like a cleaver or something, that's fine. But for some reason, the bandsaw, he goes, You've got to get it on ice, freeze it after that. So that was quite interesting. Uh, hunted ducks we went on a guy's property. Some nights were really, really good. Some weren't as good, obviously. Um, we did find one property which we hunted on most of the time, or all the time, actually, uh, which wasn't the farmer's property we stayed on. But black ducks, teal. Oh, mate, you guys have got to go duck. If you haven't been <laughs> duck hunting, man, oh, it's just unbelievable. It's really the best sort of – I love that sort of hunting, you know what I mean? So how Getting long, how long were you away? About nine days, yeah, nine. about mm-hmm. nine days, and we stay in the property about 500 metres from town, so we normally, he does have a shower there, but it's not very, you know, it's his old house, you know, it's cobwebs, you walk through the hallway, there's holes in the floor, you fall through them, so we, <laughs> we normally just stay in the lounge room, we use the kitchen and the dining room, obviously, that's, yeah. all cobwebs, all really run down, but you know, you've got yeah. electricity, you've got a fan, we take a fan, you've got, um, you know, fridges, freezers to put all your ducks in and your game, it's... Really the perfect scenario. Come back and relax, sit outside yeah. of the picnic tables, which is a tree there. It's bloody lovely. Oh, mate, I, over
4: the years, I think I've slept in a lot worse than that. Yep. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you what, um, with, with the respect of, uh, uh, I guess, uh, culling the animal... Mm. Uh, the sheep, I've got friends that do that to goats all the time, and they use a knife all the time, and it's no no big deal to them. And I've seen it done, and it's, you but, know, but it's I would But
0: I would have cut inwards, like thinking you slit the throat like that, yeah. but you know. But he goes in the side and yeah. then slits outwards and then pulls the head back, and then like yeah. blood was obviously going, you know, yeah, yeah, coming course, out so. and then bled it out. But you'd not, be surprised. Not, not, not for the faint-hearted. No, not for the <laughs> faint-hearted, but bleeding it out was, when we actually did it, not much blood in it. I mean, a little bit in the cavity as it came out, but I mean, how much blood yeah. really bleeding them makes a huge difference. Yeah. If you do it, you need to do it straight away to get that heart pumping, get up to them, get it slit, get that blood out. Otherwise, it'll take like, taste like an old boot, he pretty much said. So and that yeah. probably goes for a lot of animals, deer as well, even more so being a... You know, obviously a quite sturdy game animal.
4: Yes, uh, yeah. some people maybe listen to this and think, "Wow, oh, well, that's a bit too hardcore." You know, but, that, but that's the reality of uh, you know farm life. That's that where is. your meat yeah. comes from. You know, that's that, what they're is. doing in that, the back of the woolies. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's what. That's the reality of farm life, mm. and this is what they do on the farms. And pretty much, you know, that, that you know they would never even waste a bullet, like mm. really, on, on on animals like that. They would just you know get the animal and just slit the throat, and that's it. So. Yep. But yeah, but anyway, Jason, that, that's good, mate. Uh, you had a great trip, uh, fantastic duck hunting. I saw the photos; really good, mate. Um, and I'm a little bit jealous, but I just just can't go hunting this time of the year. It's just too hot. It's <laughs> it just too hot for yeah. me. I just we did see a few. Snakes, I can't so. handle that. I hate that. I just uh, you,
0: the feeling of stickiness and stuff like that. Just I don't know. I just surprisingly, well, it wasn't too bad at night. Was some of the days were a bit warm, but we're about 500 meters from town, so we go in there. The town's only. Um, you know, 100 metres long, pretty much. A couple of different stops go to the takeaway shop. We go to the, the caravan park, mm. which has got next to no people in there. Um, Gave a $5 shower, so that works. You know, it's normally go at lunchtime, have a shower. Um, you know, the rest of the time you've got bloody baby wipes, that's your shower. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Which is fantastic to take hunting with you. Mm. But just a really nice time, you know, watching the planes around and stuff. And So roughly how much money
5: do you reckon you would have spent in this Small country town in the off-season where there's not many tourists around. Mm. Yeah, a couple of blokes down there,
0: fill up with fuel, takeaway yeah. food. Probably, some, about f- probably that one because we didn't pay for accommodation, about 500 yeah. bucks probably. Yep. You know, that was we bought for, we, we buy most of our food. We packed the meats on the way down, but then we buy like veggies mm-hmm. and yep. you know, breads and we go to the takeaway shop. We didn't go to the club this time because a couple of the guys weren't sort of impressed with the food. But, um, yeah, just going down there, going to the shops, the IGA, the little IGA down there. Yep. Um, so you multiply that by 20,000 shooters. It's and that's the, that's the contribution of four hundred million dollars to the Victorian mm. government, yeah, and those
5: those small towns need
0: it. So yeah, yeah. good to hear. Yeah. And the farmers, the farmer's a really nice guy too. Like before, he's been very finicky with his sheep and giving us one and just fantastic. Mate, there's nothing like it, really. Mm. there is. taking your shotgun, setting up a little blind, or sitting behind. Mm-hmm. You know, we had some like big weeds that were there, so we're sitting behind there. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it's weird ducks when you're in your spot, ducks won't come in. All of a sudden, we throw a few decoys out. We're sitting there, the hot, the car's right there, right near the decoys, fifteen meters away. Oh, fucking ducks coming in <laughs> ducks decoying in and I'm like why do they come now come in 10 minutes when we move the car and you know, obviously we're not loaded because we get, like a little, we get like a little stool with us we pull the stools out yeah. our, gun, our ammo bag and a gun bag with a case and we just normally sit there behind the wall sort of covered up or behind some sort of No, it's good anyway let's move on I don't, yeah. thank you for, I forgot to mention that because it's so much to talk about Dave Balderson Dave how muzzle love this one good day good day Dave love the podcast listening from Pennsylvania USA Woohoo! Good old Dave g'day. Alderson. All right, here's another one. I think there's another American chap, possibly. His name's Petey.
4: Petey. Nothing to say, that's it. You just wanted to say good day? Just wanted to say good day. Well, Dave, we appreciate your listenership, mate. Uh, good on you and keep listening from the US of A.
0: Yeah, and we've got another one. From, I said from Petey. I love that name, Petey. e Petey. I'm really glad to take your stance on people's rights to have a firearm and defend themselves with them, too. I really think we need more people like you in the world. Damn straight. Keep up the great work, Petey. <laughs> Petey from Idaho. Yeah. Oh, good on you, Petey. Thanks oh. very much. How good's that one? Petey Excellent. from Idaho. Love that one. All right. Uh, this one, and we might play this soon because a lot of people- It's unbelievable. Eh? This
4: podcast is far, far and wide reaching and yep. you know, people yeah. listen to us from the United States. They're curious about Australia. Yep. So that's great. Oh, fantastic. So to all you guys in the United States, well done. You've done a service to the world by electing Donald J. Trump. Well yep. done.
0: Uh, this one was one from Triple J. This is a nice comment. I was on Triple J. Uh, you guys know. I'm not sure if you listened to it. I was on Samantha Lee. I was. anyone <laughs> to get on. It was quite interesting, but awesome job on Triple J, Jason. Just listen to it. Then that was from Tyson. So that's nice. Was that Tyson. the two ammunition's comment that she made
5: that previous guns only came, no, that, carried that, two ammunition's? I'm not sure which one. So we will well, we'll we'll play it a bit later. Yeah. We'll no, a bit that's later. the one
4: when you said that uh, Samantha Lee is not telling the truth. Yeah, she that's won't. right. I yeah, caught. Yeah.
0: I yeah. caught her a liar on radio. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> I Need more ben. of it. I thought it was fantastic. All right, let's go into, because we're taking up a bit of our time here, 55 minutes. All right, we've got uh, Darren, another guy, Darren. I'm not sure if this is our regular listener, Darren, but I don't think it is because I don't recognize the name. Jason, I'm in Z in a small town called Witanga, pronounced hmm. Fit the Younger. NZ. Uh, yeah, good old NZ. We went to the supermarket today, muzzle like this one, and there are fireworks for sale on the shelf. Oh, uh, it's now dark. Guy, and, is and it and Guy Fawkes? Th- <laughs> yeah, it would, have been, it would have been because November
5: 5th, I think, yeah. Remember, said, yeah. remember, the 5th of November. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you guys, it's now dark and the fireworks are going off everywhere. Yeah. I want a suppressor. <laughs> 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 Regards, Darren, P.S., love the show. I promise I'll donate when I get back to Australia.
4: Oh, good on you, Darren. Thanks very much. And that's another part of our culture that they've ripped ripped away from us. And uh, that Nanny I, knows best. Unfortunately, uh, it only exists in NT at the moment, and they've still got, got territory night, but uh, you never know. They've got a Labor government up there now, so... Got, they might try and uh, rip that away from the people too. So, look, and this, this is the other thing on fireworks. Um, I was look doing a bit of research, and like in countries like Turkey, for example, and other European countries, the fireworks are under the same legislation as um, ammunition and and gunpowder because it's 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 in the same uh, type of uh, category when it comes to controlled substances, mm-hmm. right? And I was just thinking, like, wh- why why can't if you can if you can buy a, a four kilo tub of powder, right? Why can't you buy a couple of crackers? Because you might blow your hand off. Mm. Right? Oh, really? You can't, you. Know. Yeah, the, exactly right. the, you can't be trusted. Yeah, the, that's the, exactly right. You can't be trusted. That's exactly right. The point is, the point is, is that I would love to see some legislation in Parliament brought forward either by shooters, fishers, and farmers or anyone, anyone with a bit of common sense that allows the sale of fireworks over the counter at any gun shop as long as
0: you've got a a gun license. Who was that guy that was... As long as you've got a gun license. What was his name? David something. Was it David? The guy that was recommending. Yes, yes. And then he got promoted, then it stopped. Then all of a sudden stopped. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. There was David one... There David, was one something. Yeah, David something. Um, uh, David something. David Elliott. David Elliott. Was yeah. he from Borkham Hills, I think, or somewhere right. around there? And he was I, advocating for um, bring back and Then he got promoted and that ended. Exactly. Uh, uh, I do <laughs> remember that. He, he was
4: essentially <laughs> yeah. told, listen, stop this and stuff and you get to keep your job. I think that's, that's what it comes down to. <laughs> but,
0: but look, I, I would
4: love to see just common sense legislation that allows people with a firearms licence to at least... Buy fireworks mm. and, and go to a private property have fun with it and as long as it's uh, under the same um, covered under the same rules and regulation as powder which means you have to have it stored properly and so on and you can't just you know go out in the street and whenever you want and you know let off crackers I mean I, I don't see a problem with it right because let's face it I mean it, gun owners we can buy heaps of powder we can do all these things you can if you, if you wanted to you can make all mm. sorts of Stuff you know, really. If you wanted to, they're, they're prohibited, but it just doesn't happen, right? It doesn't yeah. happen. So it, it's, cl- it's clear that uh, we've shown that you're trustworthy uh, enough to be able to have this stuff. Yeah. So I just wish it would become legislation one day.
5: I agree. I think it's a good idea. It might be a good start, but my personal view is that everybody should be able to buy fireworks for the simple reason that that everybody should not be punished for the stupid actions of a few. Yeah, you true. should punish criminal true. activity. When it happens, you should not punish everybody because of the what-if principle because that's a furphy and it's just a control mechanism. Why
0: do we do that, though? What, what, why do we do that? Why do we – other countries don't do that, that you know, value people's freedom. So why do we do that? Why do we say it's easier to bend the whole lot?
4: Well, I think it all comes down to, Jason, uh, since the 70s and, and then consequently the 80s, there is that whole nanny state movement that's been, I guess, going on really throughout the world. And Australia's been, I guess, the easiest target, the easiest target for them because I think people in this country are so easygoing and easily convinced that, oh, yeah, this is a good idea, that's a good idea. You know, like, we're one of the few countries in the world that's got all these bike helmet laws. We're one of the few countries in the world that's banned fireworks, right? We're one of the few countries in the world where a whole bunch of things Are not possible, and they are possible in a lot of other countries like Canada, New Zealand, United States, and also the UK. I mean, you can even buy fireworks in the UK. They have festivals all the time, you know, to celebrate the different parts, you know, the different things and events that go on over there. You can buy fireworks in Canada. Even Justin Trudeau, you know, uh, the Canadian PM, he's so far left it's not funny. And I mean, you can still get fireworks in Canada. So, like, I mean. I just feel slightly really ripped off, really, in Australia when it comes to those sort of things. There's fun things that we just simply don't enjoy anymore. And, and some of the kids today that are, you know, roughly in their early 20s, they don't even know what it is. Like, mm. they don't understand what it is. And they, the only experience they will ever have with it, if they ever go to New Zealand during Guy Fawkes or ever go to the United States during Fourth of July, right, and, and, and be able to buy them, and, or mo- mostly or, or across all parts of Asia, uh, you can pretty much buy them wherever. And, you know, it doesn't seem to be a problem anywhere else. But here, all of a sudden, oh, one little kid burned himself with a fire with a little cracker or, or you know, blew up one of his fingers. Right, that's it. Ban it for everyone. I mean, it's just ridiculous.
5: It's a, I'm, I'm not going to go in much into it, but we've done fireworks to death. The only sanctioned, the only legal fireworks is what the government puts on and what the government allows with a consent, okay? The the communist fireworks. (laughs) That's the underlying principle of the whole debate is the government takes the power to themselves and forbids it to anybody else. Mm. So it's the government saying, we know best, we will tell you how to live your life, you're a sheep, you're a cow in a pen, and you will do what we tell you to do. And what the people need to do is stand up and say, no, you work for us, we are responsible people, and we're happy to live our lives. When somebody commits a crime, punish that person. Don't punish everybody. Else. So it's a reversal of that whole power principle.
4: Well, my local member, my local federal member, just recently, um, uh, I think her name's Anne Stanley. Anyway, um, and I went to meet her because she, uh, we got a a leaflet in our letterbox saying that she's going to be in certain places, and you know. If you have any concerns, it can consultation. Yeah, consultation. So it was great. So anyway, I went and I was started to talk to her, and 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 she's a labor uh, member. So I was, basically I straight away said to her, look, I'm not really happy with what's been going on in Parliament. Penny Wong and um, and uh, Bill Shorten, um, pretty much talking trash about Donald Trump, and I think that's just disgraceful. I mean, I want if any labor government gets in. I want them to maintain great relations with the United States because we rely on them for our defence. They're, they're, they're our you know, friends, they're our greatest allies. And I don't want to hear this sort of stuff coming out from Penny Wong and all this stuff because that, that does speak, doesn't speak anything to me. And she was straight away on the back foot, really, straight away on the back foot, talking about Pauline Hansen, how she's a racist, blah, 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 blah. Pull out the racist card straight away. Talks about global warming. I said, listen, all this global warming, climate change stuff, and I'm just giving you my perspective from a, a middle-class blue-collar worker. Um, look, it d- doesn't mean anything to me. It doesn't mean anything. I don't see any evidence for it. I think it's just all rubbish. It's just nonsense. It's, it's, it's nonsense, and it just means we, we pay more. That's all it does. We pay more, right? And, and she just said, oh, but you've you got to worry about your children in the future. She just kept ranting on, and I think to myself, why did I waste my time? talking to this politician and it's just unbelievable like really and it just shows you how out of touch they are even after this this election this monumental um you know groundbreaking re- election of donald trump and pretty soon jason uh or they predict Marie, Marie le pen in france she's going to get elected too she's the far right uh, uh french candidate mm-hmm. uh for the, the french presidency so that that could happen as well and the politicians on you know in Australia at a ground level
0: they just don't get it they just they don't understand that we can see straight through them but yet she even kept, when they yeah. do like the nationals in orange they still say you know yeah. that they still arrogant isn't it alright let's move on this one uh, we've got Aaron this is a good one at the end Mars is going to like this one hey there Jason and Mars first of all, I'd like to thank you for both putting together such great content for the shooting community to tune into since I've started listening to your podcast I've become active in doing whatever I can to further our sport and recreation Uh, One of the first, uh, so one of the big things I personally that you guys haven't really touched on is bringing others into the sport. I think we have. We've done a lot of that, haven't we? That's the purpose of this show, isn't it?
4: I think, uh, with all due respect, I think we always say that eh? hey, teach the next generation, bring more people into the sport. Promote the sport as much as we possibly can. I think we do say that every single episode, really.
0: And he said, imagine if every licensed person brought two people into the sport, our numbers could potentially double within a year, increasing our political influence. That's true. I always said that too, yeah? Yep. Uh, February 2017 will mark 12 months since I got my license and I've already bought four friends into the sport. Great. license. Currently working on my fifth. Once again, guys, keep up the good work. P.S. Mars, at least offer Jason half of what the light bar is worth next time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so. yes
4: yes yeah no, no it's, a fair, it's a fair point look it's a good light bar i can't I can't you know say you've it's seen
0: that you've seen the the joy and the, the quality <laughs> of my chinese no. light bar no. i know mars hasn't seen my new one yet i put one on the roof yesterday which i haven't wired up yet but um
4: look mate. thanks for your email fantastic look uh you've done an excellent job there and, and you're you're a champion of the sport and we need more people like yourself <laughs> and uh myself and jason always are trying our hardest to promote the sport i mean i've even made a youtube video that says how to get your firearms license in new south wales and that's got uh, several thousand hits i mean so you know it's it's just a little something little that everyone can do and I always encourage people i even made a video to to encourage others to make their own how to get your firearms license video within your respective state and uh it just goes a long way to helping to promote the support. So, yeah, good on you, mate. Thanks very much for the email.
0: All right. Darren, one of our regular listeners. This is, I had two Darrens, but this is the one that re- uh, emails me quite regularly. Hi again, boys. I need you to give up your lives and produce more straight shooting. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, if it's paying me like 200 grand a year, yeah. I'd be pretty happy. So if anyone wants to pay me that much, let me know. <laughs> Referring to some of the negative comments you've received. I love the antics. I want to talk about our gun rights. The antics seem to want to talk uh, about it more than the shooters do. I agree with every opinion you two talk about. That'd be a first, wouldn't it? You know. What I, I, mean? know. <laughs> I voted for David Lionhelm and think he's our Donald Trump. And I'm not fast on what comes out of hi- sorry, and I'm not too fast on what comes out of his mouth. I believe he's getting a lot of positive press, which is a great thing. I'm not sure if he means Donald Trump or David Lionhelm There. But, um, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, uh, next part. Uh, I'm also behind the Shooting Stuff Australian thing. This is just another media beat-up. I think a lot of us shooters uh, not have a positive vision for our firearms uses, like pre-1996. I think they are happy to have a single-shot rifle. I don't get it. I presume it means the media, I guess. That's what they want, to have a single-shot rifle. Uh, 1022 for Cat A. Can our Polish push for this? Yeah, that's an opportunity. yeah, Maybe. Depends. I mean, just what we heard from the Nationals. Well, the very you moment know, you try, you're going to be Port, port, Arthur. To port Arthur. I mean,
4: it's just unbelievable
0: yeah look go on, sorry Jason no, you're right no that's it that was, the, that, oh, was the, right. that was Darren one of our regular Darren, uh, listeners look,
4: Darren, thanks very much for your um uh, email, and we really really appreciate your listenership and the 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 best thing I can say is in in respect to David Lionholm, look I don't believe he's our donald trump it, it'd be great if he was but Here's the thing. Last episode, I gave David Lionhelm a real bollocking for his comments regarding uh, the death of that um, sports reporter. Now, I just think that's the, the wrong, way, wrong way to try and get publicity. And, but what, what he has done since then, he's really redeemed himself. Now, he has really got the government by the balls okay, on this Adley issue. And if you did notice, guys, Tony Abbott's tried to wedge Malcolm Turnbull Recently in federal parliament regarding the Adler um, shotgun the and, deal. and the deal, right, which he signed um, or one of his uh, his office signed with David Lionhelm in good faith that there will be a sunset clause on the ban on the import of the Adler that's bigger than the five shot. Now, he's claimed that, well, no, that wasn't the case. but
0: <laughs> David's prove otherwise.
4: But David Lionel produces the physical evidence that that is the case. So, and that he still lies about it. I yeah. know. So David's made the government look like a bunch of fools, and he's created a lot of good publicity for us. But uh, what Tony Abbott's done, he's made it a bit of a war cry to try and uh, go for Malcolm's job again by saying that he stopped the guns. So not only has he got the slogan of, we stop the boats, but now we stop the guns. So they've turned it into a real political football uh, and is trying to wedge Malcolm on it. And I don't know where this is going to go, but um, look, David Lionhelm uh, is not very happy and he's certainly has withheld his vote for the ACCC legislation.
0: Uh, ABCC. So, sorry, ABC. the ABCC. My, my, my mistake? The building construction, I think it is. What yeah, and,
4: uh, and uh, look, he, I don't think David has got any intention of signing that legislation until the government um, uh, come good, good, you know come what? good on their word. You know what, I love watching them squirm. Yeah. Oh, yes. I love Absolutely. it. It's delicious.
0: And people think, well, what's he done? I mean, come on, guys, seriously. He's keeping the government to account. For just one guy that, you know, in realistically... Look, shouldn't really be achieving much at all based on one vote. One person
4: that that really has no power whatsoever and is constantly uh, getting marginalised by the government, he's really done a good job here and um, he's holding, I guess he's got their balls in in his hand. And just like you said, he doesn't know how hard he has to squeeze Mm. them. So um, hopefully that will turn out uh, good for us and hopefully the government will not go ahead with this Adler ban and I'm hoping that the new Nats leader... Uh, in New South Wales will uh, hold the line, I guess, just like Troy Grant did. And also in Queensland, uh, Justin, um, Justin, in Queensland, uh, they've got a new police minister. Is correct. that correct? Right? Yep. Right. So by okay. the time
5: the next COAG police minister's yeah. meeting comes around, the political landscape may be different. May be different, And exactly. that's up to us to make it different. Right. Mm.
4: So we could potentially have uh, two new police ministers or um, people in power that may block... Uh, any further reclassification of the Adler? We
0: could have two that fully agree with it now, because Bill Byrne already agree yes. with it. So well, the, our only benefit would be that the new police. Well, he's don't. gone. He's gone. But I yeah, know. But yeah. the new police minister, if he just holds the mm. same line, because he'd already be talking to the police. I mean, you yeah. got the police you know, union up there. That you know, just as bad. I've um, already written to the new police minister in Queensland. Saying, I'm sure
5: you've all seen my letter on on Facebook, basically saying, "Wake up and smell the coffee." You're next unless you stop discriminating against mm. us.
4: Exactly, exactly. And and we and this is the thing, like right? people need to understand that um, you've got to have your voices heard. So any opportunity to opportunity to meet your lo- local member and to uh, voice your concerns, just take it, take it up. Go to your local member, voice your concerns. They might just fob you off because they could be a Labour member or they could be. A Nationals member, and they just say, "Oh well, don't worry about it, mate." But you know what? Do it because the more people that do it, um, I guess the, the louder our voice is going to be, and they eventually they will have to take us seriously.
5: That's correct. Even if they fob you off, they have to make a note of the subject matter that you're talking about and they they track all of these metrics, it's a little bit like the police assistance line. If, you, if your car gets damaged or vandalised, it's a good idea to call the police assistance line and register it, you know, mm. log, log it, because the police system tracks all of that stuff, and if they start getting a spike in vehicle vandalism in this area, they allocate resources to it. But yeah. if you don't report it, they don't know, they can't allocate resources to it. Mm. So there might be five or six people in their area who feel very strongly like we do, but the politician doesn't know about it. Get get in there, knock on the door, put your position. Five or six people getting in there will definitely get these issues on their radar. Even if they fob you off, it will have an effect in their internal tracking systems, and they do allocate resources to
0: it. All right, another one. Drew? This is about the cheat sheet. I think you said you might have had one, but I know I've got one and I've got to edit it. I'm going to edit it. I reckon the next two weeks I'll have it finished. But uh, Drew says, thanks for the great podcast. I know you've discussed uh, publishing a fact sheet for the use of talking to the media on air, etc. I've had several experiences recently where this would be very useful. Yes, I'm getting onto it. I know there's, I'm just a bit lazy because I've just got it on my computer and it's not really structured because I just go through this stuff all the time. Just a few little tidbits. Um, about America, because you know they're going to bring that up. Mm. So you always have a few tidbits about that, yep, uh, which helps. Um, what else do we have Sorry, here? Sorry, can I just yeah? p- tack right.
5: one thing onto that? Um, if you have questions or issues that you would like assistance rebutting, let us know. Send us a message, personal message. Send us an email, because if we can say, uh, you know, this is the question you're getting hit with, Port Arthur, uh, semi-automatic, What do you need X, um, if you need help with a snappy soundbite coming back to that, that's the sort of thing we can help We put our heads together and, and develop something. But if, if you've got questions or if you've got issues that you want help rebutting, put it up and we'll include that in the resources. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think, you
4: know what, the best line anyone can really use, this is just my opinion and this is the one I use, the moment they say, oh, why do you need this? Why do you need an AR-15? Why do you need to shoot 15,000 bullets or whatever in the space of three seconds or whatever the rubbish they make up because they don't know really much about firearms? The best answer you could ever give them is say, look, we live in a free country. I have a right to pursue my interests and I have a right not to be harassed by the government or social justice warriors like yourself over things that I haven't done. Right? I don't want to be harassed by that because... I have a right to pursue my interests. I'm a law-abiding gun owner. No,
5: no, Mario. My children have a right to live in safety, and we do not like you or the idea of you having deadly, high-powered, rapid-fire firearms, so you must stop your hobby in order to protect my children from my fear. Well,
4: look, that's absolute nonsense. That's absolute nonsense. I haven't committed a crime. I'm a law-abiding firearm owner. There are a million of us in the country. Who own three and a half million firearms? Who affect your life not one little bit? And I refuse to accept your argument. I'm sorry, it's just complete and total nonsense, and it's driven by fear. (laughs) That's
5: exactly the sort of thing that people are looking for. That sort of interchange. So yeah, we're on it. Well, this is this is the sort of
4: stuff. Well, this is the sort of simple stuff that you just need to rebut, rebut, rebut. You never ever agree with them. Whenever they say, "Oh, but you know, I'm scared about this," you you never ever agree with them because it is not a, a fear that's justified. You've got I mean, you've got more chance of dying on a holiday in the Gold Coast, you know, really, than being shot by someone, as we've just seen in the last couple of weeks. You've had so many people, unfortunately, coming to a a really tragic death, you know, like, and it just goes to show, um, life's full of, you know, unbelievable, uh, unfortunate events. That no one can really control, and you're least likely, you're least likely to be shot by someone or anything like that. So it's just nonsense. All this stuff they talk about safety and safety is nonsense.
0: Yep. It looks like someone loves me that much. This is an int- from. Oh, this is a, a nice one from Paul. He said, "Love your work on the podcast and YouTube." Just talks about you know the try it and I did and stuff like that. Then some. I went on there. Some idiot. You wouldn't believe this. I've got a YouTube page. going to about three thousand subscribers, something like that. Someone's been ripping off all my videos and putting them on their own channel or making a channel of a channel of me. <laughs> Weird, eh? Like you actually have to go there, physically download gigs upon gigs upon gigs of video that I've made and he's now up- uploading them. So I've actually reported that. So I think that's getting taken down in the near but hang future, on.
4: Paul. Well, why is he uploading them for? What's no, the purpose? No, no idea. Well, that's all right. He's just spreading your videos. Yeah. What's wrong with that?
0: Whoa. Yeah, but the fact is, why, why would you set up a new account? Because then again, then the views that they get, I get a small amount of money. It's not about the money, but it's about you know why is someone making a whole new YouTube channel about the, me and posting my the, videos? There are there are whole the heap, same videos yeah. that are already up online.
4: There are a whole heap of channels out there that are basically a collection of a whole
0: bunch of YouTube video videos. Yeah, but yeah, but this is just me. Yeah, I know, but uh, look, maybe I, they're in love with me. I don't know. Maybe they are. Anyway, I don't think it's a bad thing. You just pipe down over there, will you? He's giving, oh, okay. me, he's giving me a heads up. <laughs> you pipe down over there. All right, all right. From Tim, Tim. How are you going, Tim? Thanks, buddy. G'day. I've just listened to your hack program at Chipper J regarding the Adler. Fantastic job. Do you really know it? Thanks for your efforts, Tim. Good on you, Tim. Thank you very much. Very good stuff. All right, what have we got up there now? We've got uh, what have we got here, uh, Darren? Hi, boys. What are they doing about appearance laws in New South Wales? It seems we aren't repelling any of these issues in the Parliament. Uh, Or the registry making these decisions? Darren. Well, I'll I'll give him a plug. Australian contract shooters. Justin, you want to comment on that? From Darren about appearance laws.
5: There's a reality that unfortunately we all face whereby, yes, we have some representation in Parliament. However, they don't have the balance of power. And in order to, all politics is about negotiation and compromise and deals. And so if the state government or the federal government does not need our party's vote, they simply do not care. Yes, you're sitting in a seat there in parliament, but you are absolutely irrelevant from the decision-making process. It's only when they need something that we have to vote on, like power lines or climate change or whatever bill they've got that needs votes, that's the only time you can bargain for concessions. Mm. So... uh, I've said this before with um, people commenting about uh, Bridget McKenzie's various comments. She's a politician, and she is elected by her constituents, not all of whom are gun owners, and she's responsible to her own party line as well. So she has a lot of constraints on what she can and can't say, plus she's got to make comments to the media – so that they don't turn on her and start accusing her of being racist or xenophobic or stirring hate or whatever. Mm. So it's a very di- difficult minefield to step through with eggshells. And so our own politicians, uh, the, the, whatever you you want to say about them, the reality is it is a very difficult job to, act, to agitate for shooters' rights in our current situation. And like I said, I'm certainly hoping with the Trump effect and the the One Nation effect that it will get easier – uh, but the reality is, is that power concedes nothing without a demand, and we're not going to change any laws unless we've got a very big carrot that we can trade for that. And at the moment, we haven't got much. The shooters don't own big blocks of land in Sydney that we can, you know, that the developers want. Mm. Uh, we don't control big resources of oil and gas or fresh water. We don't What are we going to bring to the bargaining table? Mm. So my my challenge to people who are saying, you know, what are our elected officials doing? My question is, what are you doing to give them something to bargain with? If you're a business owner, if you've got resources, you know, if you know people, what ammunition can you bring to the front line so that our people who are in the firing line can use it? at the moment we've got nothing and so we're literally treading water until an opportunity comes along that we can that they need our vote for and then we can maybe bargain for something but at the moment the playing is pretty thin speaking of the opportunity coming along so we've got uh, in Queensland
4: the the possibility of one nation uh sharing power with the nats possibly or labor or whoever gets in really um so now Jason, um, we're going to try and get an interview, aren't we, uh, with uh, some people from One Nation? <laughs> are we? Yeah, we are. <laughs> oh, thank we're, you. We're Thanks try for get, telling me. Yeah, we're going to try and get an interview with um, some people from One Nation and uh, to maybe discuss, even Pauline herself. Who knows? Well, hopefully, to discuss um, firearm laws and see um, what are the plans for One Nation in terms of firearm laws. Now, I know that the initial statements that they've uh, put out there in terms of policy is that they really don't have any desire to change them, but they don't have any desire to um, make them tougher either, and they're, they're quite happy to defend the status quo. So we're hoping maybe in the future if you guys out there in the listener land um, write some letters to Pauline Hansen, write some letters to One Nation. Let them know that you, if you do support One Nation, you're a strong uh, supporter of gun rights and you want One Nation to support gun rights. You want One Nation to at least push for a little bit um, I guess, uh, less restrictions, uh, less red tape on firearms, at least uh, support self-defence with firearms. I mean, that would be
5: a big step forward. And or I even self-defence with pepper spray or tasers. Exactly. You know, well, uh, the mean, appearance laws, if you yeah. if you want to be specific, you could list two or three bullet points. Self-defence inside the home. Yep. A, a, a rescind the, the line in the legislation that talks about appearance laws. Appearance laws, yeah.
0: That's just two points that can... Have a big effect,
5: a massive effect. That's exactly.
0: what I like about Mackenzie. Sometimes she's good. Other times, you know, you think she goes ninety five percent, and then you know just takes a massive nosedive towards the end. About you know saying we need to strengthen yeah, the NFA just, and this yeah. sort of crap. She
4: just can't get over the finish line. No. Um, when it comes to those sort of things. But listen, um, Pauline Hanson, definitely. Um, I think there is hope in the future there for for one nation being a very strong. Uh, strong, uh, sorry, uh, pro-gun party, if it, even if it's not as strong as, say, for example, David Leinholm, but uh, at least to the point where um, they will uh, stop uh, the erosion of uh, our gun rights in the future.
3: Are you looking to buy a new or used firearm? Do you want to sell
5: that safe queen to fund your next purchase? Then go to osgunsales.com. We have over 200 registered firearms dealers, Australia-wide, and thousands of shooters using the site daily. There are over 2,500 firearms listed, so you're certain to find exactly what you're looking for. We have over 50 years of firearms industry experience, including eight years online. So why wouldn't you advertise with us? The one and only genuine original Guns. Looking for outdoor equipment for your next adventure? At Aussie Outdoor Gear, you can find cooking equipment, camo clothing for kids, backpacks, camo accessories, and much more. We cater for your hunting fishing, camping, hiking, and other outdoor pursuits with our unique product range. AussieOutdoorGear.com.au
2: Quality gear at affordable prices.
0: Yeah, uh, next one. This one we were talking about on previous shows about um, length of the show. Remember short, long, what do people like? Seems, you know, this one's, God bless his soul. This is hilarious. <laughs> From Barry, one of our regulars. hi, Jason. Now, just hear this out. Merino. Merino. Really compliments you on this podcast. He means Mario. Oh, Merino. God bless his soul, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Long or short, more often as your time permits. Regards, Barry. I just love you, Barry, man. Good Don't on you, w- you Bazza. Don't worry. Mario does look like a Merino. <laughs> <laughs> nah, good on you, mate.
6: Excellent. Um, Thanks for your email.
0: Uh, good stuff. All right, guys. Next up, we've got this is awesome. If you want to donate to the show, that's awesome too. Um, we always accept donations. Anyone wants to advertise on the show, send us an email. You know, We know the, the, the money goes to helping us buy new microphones, going to events, getting people to do what we do right now, basically. But how awesome is this from Brad? What a legend. One of my great listeners, Brad called up uh, during one of the last shows and uh, sh- showed a lot of interest in the show, sent us a lot of emails. He says, hey, mate, I always hear you and Muzz saying you need an intro to Apathetic Shooter segment, but you only remember to do it when you're recording the podcast. He's 100% right. We are terrible about that. And he goes i thought i'd organize one for you yeah how awesome is this how awesome is this he goes i requested it he knows i'm uh, <laughs> a bit of a disturbed fan now if you don't know who disturbed is it's a bit of a it's a rock band <laughs> from uh uh from chicago that live in america a big fan of their music i just went to the concert just the other day just last weekend so it's got a bit of a rock edge to it and normally i must admit i'm very particular about my intros i'm very particular about when i do advertisements and stuff they've got to sound right and i when i first looked at it i hadn't heard it yet i thought oh, i wonder what it's going to sound like and i didn't want to have to say this and we're not going to be using it or whatever but i tell you what he's absolutely nailed it so what we're going to do we're going to get into the apathetic shooter segment right now
6: apathetic shooter.
0: all right how good's that from brad what a legend We're going to use that from now on, Brad. Thank you very, very much. I loved it, man. And you you really did hit the nail on the head and disturb style, mate. You know me too well, that's for sure. All right, this one goes to... Now, I'm not sure what this person's name is because they haven't really left a name. This was on the website. A lot of you guys know I wrote an article which has received heaps of views. Uh, It's been all across the internet, unbelievably. Now, this was the Nick Harvey praises the John Howard gun laws. Now, if you haven't been on the website, just go to the website and type in Nick Harvey... Uh, he was a reloader, wrote some reloading manuals. Obviously now uh, he's talked about surplus military ammunition and people owning firearms that shouldn't own firearms, et cetera, And you and know, trying to be the authority on who should and shouldn't own firearms. Anyways, this person wrote in and said, it always starts off in the pretense, Mario knows this one, I've been a hunter for over 30 years yeah. and remember coming home from a weekend away to the Hoddle Street Massacre on TV and I was dumbfounded. Then nine years later, the Port Arthur Massacre was horrible. I had to hand in my semi-autos and pump action shotties at the time of the buyback for less than what they were worth. I've absolutely no issue with what John Howard did. Oh my God. I never voted for him. But, in capital letters, it needed to be done and I agree 100% with Nick Harvey. John Howard's gun, law, gun control saves lives. Just look at the US. It's out of control there. Open carry. Oh, please. God help us if we ever get to that stage in our country. If people want to, uh, to, sorry, want to be like the US, then they should go and live there. There you go. What do you think of that one, guys? Wow. Well, is that definition classic apathetic shooter? For thirty years he's been in the industry. You know, he's been hunting and shooting for thirty years. Yeah, look, uh, look. It's
4: unfortunate that we've got people like this among us. Um, they're entitled to their opinion. Or, you know, or don't begrudge them their opinion. But um, you know, it just doesn't. There's no benefits to this, this sort of opinion because it doesn't really hold much weight. In fact. Uh, especially when you see other like uh, other similar countries to ours, like Canada and New Zealand, that have no problems whatsoever with semi-automatic firearms, and I think they don't even, I don't even they even have a registration. So, you know, they they got no problem with semi-automatic firearms, but for some reason, just because it happened here, all of a sudden, oh, it's right. So this is typically I appreciate people's opinions, but this is typically someone who doesn't understand um, much about the broader world around us and uh, why legislation is formed and doesn't understand the fact that John Howard used this uh, unfortunate, tragic event as, um, uh, you know, as a bit of a political game, uh, an opportunity, if you will, um, to use his political power that he had at the time to try and en- enact uh, um, nationwide gun laws. Now, at the end of the day, uh, look, if you think that guns are unsafe in the hands of ordinary citizens, then you should just hand all your guns back. I mean, I'm sure this person's still got... What's his name, sorry, I oh, just
0: uh, think yeah. his name. It's, I think it's the same bloke. He sent me another one. Recreational shooter, his yeah, name. Yeah, recreational Is he, shooter. He obviously didn't want to well, uh, leave you know, his name.
4: Yeah, uh, you know, if you think that uh, firearms in the hands of law-abiding people are dangerous, well, then you should uh, hand all your firearms back, really. And the idea to somehow, um, if I've got an AR-15 as opposed to a single-shot rifle, that all of a sudden I'm going to be some raving lunatic. It's just nonsense, really.
0: Anyway, he, I don't mean to cut you off, because I say one thing, you just get one, one point. He does go on... And puts up mm-hmm. another post All Right, Poofed, he says Sounds like you can't be trusted Of course we have to have gun control You can't have every nutter with access to guns Nobody's asking That every
5: nutter have access to guns And nobody's ever suggested that So that's a straw man fallacy yeah. uh, Just touching on the earlier comments about We don't want to be like America Nobody in Australia is calling for American style Gun laws mm. uh, America has over 20,000 or 200,000 Gun laws, uh, they're not working um, but the there's a lot of fear and a lot of emotion I understand that But if you take a deep breath and look at the data The majority of American gun crime occurs in four cities New York, Detroit, Chicago and LA
4: The, the ones with the toughest gun laws If
5: you remove those four cities from the data America is one of the safest countries in the world yeah. And like Mario has said Those four cities have the strictest gun control laws in America Far more strict than Australia, and yet there's been 4,000 people shot in Chicago apparently this year already. The gun control laws are not working because, surprise, surprise, criminals do not obey them. But also, uh, to
4: address a re- um, recreational shooter's point, and this is the other thing that I've constantly mentioned on the show. You've got um, United States doesn't even have the highest gun uh,
0: ownership per capita in the world. It's Switzerland. I mean, Switzerland, every home has an assault rifle. Well, close to you might be surprised. New Zealand, yeah. four and a half million people, one point uh, four million guns. That's one gun for every four people.
4: So, so the issue is much more complex than that. You've got Switzerland, highest gun ownership per capita in the world. Every home has an assault rifle. Uh, I, I think it's for semi-automatic. Um, um, uh, Gun that which they get during the military service, and they can also buy whatever firearms they want. Literally in Switzerland.
5: Just be careful saying assault rifle because that's a technical definition that means it has full auto capability. Right. and I'm not sure the Swiss rifles well, that are in every home has full. Well, auto. I'm Just, only I'm sorry only if using, I'm being pedantic. No, no, but you're
4: right, but I'm only using that term is the, to, to to. That's uh,
5: right.
0: We like a bit of mongrel here, guys. Yeah, no, that's good. Let's go I'm head only, head. Come I'm on. only
4: using <laughs> I'm only using that term to basically say to people, listen, uh, this whole assault rifle. Uh, In bo- Boogeyman boogie yeah. uh, myth, right? Okay, yeah. um, it's easily debunked by the exam- real world examples of some countries that you know allow ownership of assault rifles uh, for virtually every citizen, and it's not a problem. No one will ever say that Switzerland uh, is uh, full of madmen that go around shooting people. It just doesn't happen. So it's a, it's a much bigger complex issue than oh, John Howard banned the guns and that's a great thing. I mean, and and it stopped you know all these loonies having guns. I mean, that's just nonsense. That's just I mean. Uh, the only people that believe that stuff is people who uh, don't know much about firearms and are, I guess, easily swayed by uh, simple political arguments. Um, And it's unfortunate that we've been done over by John Howard in this country. It's uh, it's really unfortunate. Um, I guess we've been dudded, really. And uh, there's no reason to believe that law-abiding people can't be trusted with, you know, uh, AR-15s or... uh, you know semi-automatic shotguns the sporting shotguns um ruger 1022s the semi-automatic rimfire rifles your classic rabbit guns i mean this happens all around the world with relative safety it's not an issue there's no evidence for it to suggest that uh the law-abiding average person gun owner can't be trusted so i mean I, i respect everyone's has an opinion and recreational shooter you have your opinion but i completely disagree and the evidence that I've just presented to you, uh, points to the fact that, I mean, it's, it's, that's, that's the facts.
0: All right, next one. Uh, this one has been going around. You know, I know this guy. I see him post, not, not on my page quite regularly, but he posts on Facebook quite a fair bit. Muzzle love this one. Uh, this is from Sam. His name's Sam. Don't, everyone gets upset when I name them because uh, I don't know why, but he goes, we don't have gun rights. Never have, never will. What we have is gun privileges. I don't mm. believe in gun rights and never will. Not everyone should have guns. However, everyone should ha- <laughs> this is hilarious. However, everyone should have the right to earn the privilege, <laughs> the right to earn the privilege. He must have been talking to uh, uh, Jeff Jones. No. He says we've got to keep the right to the privilege, which is quite interesting. Uh, we need to protect what we have before we strive for more. How can you protect what you have and then still strive for more? Interesting concept. You talk about the art of war. You have to first take the beach before you can push into enemy territory. As it stands, we're floundering in the channel. Surprisingly, it had three likes. What's his name? This is Sam. Sam. Okay. Sam,
4: first of all, um, yes, we have gun rights. We have gun laws that um, grant you the right to apply for a license and grant you the right once you have that license to uh, purchase firearms. It's very simple. Um, rights are for the many, not for the few. Privileges are for the few. Privilege, if you look it up in the meaning, in a dictionary, it's an exemption, uh, an immunity, a, a special right that you enjoy that no one else does. Um, that's what a privilege is. Like, for example, parliamentary privilege. When politicians use parliamentary pri- privilege to say things in parliament they wouldn't ordinarily be able to say in civilian life. Now, um, uh, our gun laws even though you may think they're a privilege, which they're not. They're, they are, uh, give you the right to apply for a license and to buy firearms. Um, they're available to everyone. Okay, Everyone over the age of 18 uh, with a clean criminal record uh, can uh, apply for a firearms license and buy firearms. And it's no different to the United States. Every time you go uh, to the United States and... Um, for example, for any U.S. citizen, uh, laws vary from state to state, but for any U.S. citizen, before you purchase a firearm legally, you've got to go for a background check. And what do you think that background check is? Essentially, it's like a license check. That's what it essentially is. So uh, it's no different in the United States, really. Um, the only difference is in the United States, of course, they've got concealed carry laws. You know, you've know, got open carry in some states. You've got uh, uh, the rights for self-defense. Uh, and you can uh, get a whole wide variety of firearms. And on top of that, uh, their right uh, to uh, buy and, and and own firearms is protected by the Constitution. Our laws are not that much different with the uh, with the uh, difference being is that uh, our laws are not protected by the constitution right so but but their gun rights nonetheless they 're no different um, so that 's what it comes down to uh, when you talk about privilege you 've really got to have a look at the meaning of the word and you can and you will see that it's not used correctly when it comes to um, the gun laws, yes.
5: Yeah, agreed. Uh, In a historical context, the the privilege dates back to the time around the French Revolution where only certain people in the nobility had the right to vote. And there was a lot of uh, discussion, uh, new thinkers and and articles were published. Uh, The Rights of Man is one of the publications that comes to mind where uh, Thomas Paine and, and other people, who was the guy, Voltaire, who said, I may disagree with what you say, but I will defend your right to say it. Yeah, correct. So That's all of this Voltaire. thought, all this liberty yeah. ideas were coming as the French monarchy was in the process of yeah. dissolving. It's the age of the Enlightenment. So at that time, only certain families could have government positions, run businesses, be exempt from taxes. And this is what Murray's is saying about privilege. These people, by the very fact of their birth were exempt from restrictions or taxes Mm. that were placed on other people. Now, when you're talking about gun laws in Australia, there's no such thing. You don't fill in a form and and it says, are you of a certain ethnic group, and your application is automatically invalid. Because you, you know, your family doesn't have a million dollars in net worth or more. Mm. Yeah, you know, these are things that in the past, or a certain race, or a certain race, or a certain, or
0: tra- are you transgendered? Or, are you or not? Whatever, are you gay, so straight, doesn't
5: matter. Those way. sorts of exclusions were built up by the nobility in times past to protect their interests. And, of course, yep. they wrote the laws to help exempt themselves from tax and get favourable trade deals, etc. That's common sense. Yep. So when the French Revolution happened and all this blew up and the American state formed out of that um, human rights, um, that the, the average man on the street, whether he was a peasant, still had the right to vote. Let's not talk about women or slaves because they mm. didn't count at the time. It took time for those people to get the right to vote that's where it all, it's all drawn from. And while the Constitution of America says the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, as Mario has said, people focus on that as if anybody in America has the right to waltz into a gun shop and say, Second Amendment, give me my gun. No, it's it not that work simple. Like that. No. There's a background check, there's waiting periods. Now, mind you, that doesn't stop all the people in Chicago shooting each other over drug debts. However, to say that the, the Second Amendment is some kind of blanket free-for-all that's causing a lot of gun crime, is a gross misrepresentation of the facts, and it's injecting a lot of hype and emotion that is harmful to the debate. Yeah,
4: no, absolutely. And also, people sometimes misunderstand what the Second Amendment is. The Second Amendment is not something that's written into law that guarantees everyone a gun. It doesn't work like that.
1: No.
5: The Second exactly.
4: Amendment is a restriction on government. That's what it is. It prevents the government from writing into laws, uh, writing laws that uh, prohibit the average citizen uh, to own firearms
5: and to defend themselves. And further to that, it's kind of ironic because the 1934 Firearms Act in America is specifically designed, in in hindsight, people in analysis have said, specifically designed as a racist tool to prevent black people from owning firearms Mm. because it imposes a $200 tax on like a stamp duty on the purchase and no black person had 200 bucks to apply for a firearms license mm. so to the very fact that they were able to write this legislation that sort of got around the prohibition of of the second amendment proves that it although there is a right rights are still subject to laws and those laws can be racist and discriminatory mm. and and gun control ultimately is a racist and a sexist and an ageist motivation, because it prevents women and minorities and weaker elderly
0: people from defending themselves against younger, stronger attackers. Yeah, not bad. Well, that's a good segment, guys. Uh, Thanks to Brad again for providing, that's going to be our intro, I think, to the apathetic uh, shooter uh now, segment you might say now can i
4: say jason for those who are just uh listening to this show for the first time or this is maybe your second or third episode that you listen to the show now my, myself and jason have done so many shows in the past where we've covered all this stuff we've really covered it hey, aj's uh we've uh, yep, we covered have, yep. registration the pros and cons we've covered uh gun laws gun rights Semi-automatic firearms. Go back and listen need, to all the straight shooting need, ones. <laughs> need versus want, uh, all, that, all
0: that sort of stuff. So many times we've covered it. We should discuss and, that the next time we've done the whole why do you need that argument. Yeah. Going back there, I don't want to butt in for just two seconds because this was perfectly said and I just found it. was. Uh, here we go. On ABC, this was from uh, David Lionhelm, I think, uh, one of his quotes. You don't have to justify why you need something in a free society. Spot That's That's it about the Adler, you know. And I, like, I like Spot that because we're always defending. You when, why do you need something? That's the first argument that I've heard where someone's saying, well, "Why not? Why can't I have? It? Why not?" Uh, imagine you going to
4: down to the Woolies and you're buying, you know, a can of paint, and then and the store assistant says, "Why do you need that?" Uh, um, well, I want to paint my house, but why? <laughs> I yeah. mean, you can, the, you can only have whole...
5: blues and greys. You can't have the red.
4: This is this is the whole thing, right? <laughs> I've, I've got mean,
5: something else, Murray. Imagine going to the car dealer. And you say, yeah, okay, I want that car. And he says, why do you need it? I know. And he says, well, it's got eight cylinders. You really only need four. And you're like, but I yeah. want that car. That's the car I want. Yeah. He says, no, you can't have that because you can't be trusted because thousands of people die in motor vehicle accidents. You can't be trusted having that car because it's got eight cylinders instead of four. It's a ludicrous argument. And yeah. yet
0: that's what we're dealing with. Exactly. Absolutely. All right, next one well, we've got coming up, we'll play the audio. This one's about David Shoebridge from the Greens. Now, I just want to say one thing. I don't know why people waste time talking to David Shoebridge, trying to tweet him, trying to annoy him on Facebook. Yeah, it's fun. I think it's hilarious like everyone else at times. But, you know, I got banned from his page two years ago, three years ago maybe, and I just don't bother with the guy. Unless someone posts something about David Shoebridge, I just don't really care about the guy. And I've heard from what I've heard about this, he actually thrives on this negative attention. He just made a video we're going to play right now, the audio part of that, where... To be honest, we do look pretty bad, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, especially the arguments he actually, like gun owners, toss up. Not us particularly. Jason, well, not but us. Gun obviously, me. In but gun, he, he's yeah. reading things that he's been tweeted, uh, or he's reading things on Facebook. Now, some of the things just frankly make us look bad. I mean, we don't really formulate any any argument. I mean, you'll hear from some of the audio. Someone says, you know, something to David Shoebridge, You dumb faggot. I mean, that's not really mm. you know, an argument in regards to gun control. And honestly, we look bad. And he does make videos about it. And from what I heard, he gets off on putting this stuff on the internet that he's getting a rise out of mm. gun owners to make us act like this. So we'll play just the, the couple of minutes of what David Shearbridge said in regards to him sitting in his office. So we'll just play that one and, and we'll come back.
2: So earlier this year, my office decided to launch the TooManyGuns.org website, which asked the question and gave the answer of how many guns are in your suburb. And flaccid alpaca from the gun lobby had this to say. He responded with, "None, you dumb faggot." And then we had Jed Martin, and his response was typical Greens member. He would rather spend his day planting vegetable gardens in the middle of the city with his boyfriend. And there's Marshall. He's the co-host of Shooting Stuff Australia, uh, and Marshall decided that he would mix some discussion about anti-choice and pro-gun in the one tweet. He was responding to a tweet that I put up about supporting abortion law reform. And he said, Certainly wish your mother had gone through with it, David. Which brings me to Adam, who says, Love that you assume there must be a direct correlation between gun culture and racism. Seriously, you need a bucket around your neck to catch all the shit that falls out of your mouth. Well, Adam, Rather than me saying any more in my own words, let's see what the gun lobby says about racism, and bigotry, xenophobia and guns. Baz says, I suggest that the solution is not to remove the guns, but to remove the Muslims. And then we have Hunter who says, last time I checked Shoebridge, you cuck. This is Australia, a country where everyone has freedom of speech and political expression, so I can say fuck the Greens. I can say, fuck Muslims, and I can say, fuck you without legal consequence. I will be out of here before the Gestapo arrive on my door on the orders of Führer Bridge. So, there you have it. Apparently gun control is a kind of left-wing, fascist, communist, Islamic, social control conspiracy. Sure. And that is the gun lobby for you. They're angry. They're intolerant. They're very well armed. And we cannot.
0: All right, guys, you just heard from David Shoebridge there in his office, <laughs> made his little uh, video, and it looked like, what was that band in the background? Everybody yeah. hurts Is that some Is R.E.M.? R.E.M. I think R-E-M. it was you too there for a second. R.E.M. So they got another song, Losing My Religion, yeah. Uh, what do you guys think about that? I mean, again, we're just saying silly things. I mean, listen, yeah, some of the stuff's funny. I had a bit of a chuckle at some of them, but it just doesn't do really anything. Why are we not? Writing to our politicians instead of wasting time. All this stuff, David Shubridge, is a waste of time. Yeah. Look. He's never going to change. Look, I had a good
4: laugh at some of those things, especially the one with the bucket. (laughs) Put the bucket around around your neck. Catch the shit coming out of your head. Okay, listen, I mean, look, good on you guys for writing it, but here's my advice, and this is what I would do. Okay. I would not give this guy any attention whatsoever. I wouldn't write to him, I wouldn't call him. I wouldn't do anything and I certainly, uh, and this is, this seriously guys, I certainly wouldn't involve religion or race in any of your um, letters to um, Shoebridge. I wouldn't even write to him because the more people that write to him, the more ammunition he's got, I guess, to make videos like that and to uh, target us and make us look like a whole bunch of redneck racists, whatever, right? So um, uh, he, you know, make him feel like he's completely irrelevant. That's the best. That's the best way to deal with people like him. Make him feel like he's completely irrelevant, not part of the conversation whatsoever. And the best way to do that is do not contact him in any way, shape, or form. Do not give him any attention. He's an attention seeker. Mm. And he will try to use it uh, against us. But and apparently
0: he's going on a for, forage over to the United States to look at gun uh, control and yeah. you know talk with the you know the who, no doubt he'll find yeah. some idiot in America who's a gun owner who agrees with gun control. No doubt. Look, I, I've had plenty of letters written inside
4: my head that I could have got could have sent to David Shoebridge, but you know what? I've used that energy to send letters to people who matter, like uh, yep. the Premier, the Prime Minister, the Police Minister, and so on. Uh, he doesn't matter. He will very soon be irrelevant, we hope. Uh, so that's my advice, guys. Do not write to him. And you know what? If you do write to him, um, please keep race and religion out of it. It just makes us, I guess, as a collective, look pretty bad. I mean, it's, and, uh, not, and there was
0: no formidable arguments there. And, the, listen, yeah, some of the stuff's funny and all that, and I've got a good sense of humour amongst the rest of them. But when you, that, when you oh, the, look the at that The
5: bucket one's the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look, he, he picked five or six Or he comments. should have been aborted. He picked five or six comments out of goodness knows how many out of a million-plus gun owners in Australia. The vast majority are doing the right thing, and it's the same old thing. Should the majority be penalised for what a small minority are doing? Okay, some people have had some fun. Yeah, yeah. Not not an issue. He's making a big deal out of it. He's, he's crying about the, the hate speech he's receiving. But ultimately, 99% of people are doing the right thing, and that gives mm. the absolute lie to his hysteria about we can, you know, they're armed and dangerous. We're not dangerous. Mm. If we were, you'd know about it. (laughs) Exactly. The country would be like South Africa or Zimbabwe or any of those other countries where people are armed and dangerous. But Australia is not. And the the fear-mongering and and the the sour grapes from from David Shoebridge, he's suffering from John Howard relevance deprivation syndrome and desperately banging that drum to try and get some attention. Deny him the oxygen, guys. He's an oxygen thief. Let's just ignore him and get on with the wins we are having. I think, I think
4: the best thing, best thing you can give David Shoebridge is complete silence. Contempt. Because uh, yep. and, and, you're, you know your yeah. you're wasting and your time him. And you know what? And he will be very quickly irrelevant. And uh, He will have nothing to cry about. He won't have any material to make videos with. And people just won't listen. I mean, they don't listen to him now, but they will listen to him even less.
0: So that's my advice, guys, and
4: just focus your energy on writing to the people that matter.
0: Before Justin goes on, he's got one to talk about, about the Greens as well. Just thought I'd give these guys a bit of a shout out. This is a nice fellow. Uh, He lives up in the Hunter Valley. Now, he sent me some uh, grape barbecue sauce. And normally I wouldn't uh, you know, promote people the, depending on what it is in regards to if I like something because I don't just promote things just because someone sends me something. But actually it was pretty darn good. Mm. Grapes ah. actually from grapes, barbecue sauce from grapes. You wouldn't believe it. Good to hear. Uh, his name was uh, Truman Burgess Moore. Truman, I love that name. Hello, Truman. you know, it sounds very <laughs> professional, doesn't it? I love that name. Hello, Truman. Uh, Truman Burgess Moore. Now they have the Moore Bank private vineyard. That's Deborah Moore, must be his parents, Deborah and Ian uh wines of style and soul sounds great i've got their little business card here so if, if you go on their uh website moorebankvineyard.com.au that's like that's like the suburb in sydney Bank, moorebank M O R E, B-A-N-K vineyard.com.au uh you can email them at grapes which is a <laughs> good one grapes at moorebankvineyard.com.au obviously they've got wines if you like if you like wines go visit them uh they certainly make some good products and uh it was actually quite good i did have some of that uh Barbecue sauce on my lamb nice. was actually not there. Yeah. Wow. I'm thinking about giving you guys some of my lamb, but time will tell. Oh, really? All right, if you're lucky. right? <laughs> right, I'm going to give you some of my lamb I brought stuff. back. But uh, Thank thanks, you. Truman. I really appreciate that. Hopefully, day, if I'm up that way, I might even pop into I'm not a big wine fan. Uh, I prefer my uh, vodka, actually. I'm a bit more, not really a beer guy. I prefer my vodka. So, mate, thanks for sending the stuff in. I really appreciate it. If you want to check out their products, you can give them a call. If you want to give them a call, uh, 0459. Nine eight seven six one zero, and you can buy some of those products there. They've got a range of different products, apparently, so check them out. Uh, Justin? I just wanted to quickly address something on the subject of the
5: greens, uh, etc. cetera. Um, we had some discussion last year, last episode, sorry, that I was on about the Shooting Stuff Australia video uh, that was in the media. I'm not going to talk about that. I just want to address one of the emails that Jason received in the interim while I was away um, that essentially suggested that I was supporting the Greens in the in the comments that I'd made. Um, thanks for the email. Appreciate the feedback. Uh, no issue there at all, but I just want to make it clear. I don't support the Greens at all. I support free speech, and if the Greens want to uh, say something, that's their right. If shooters want to say something, make a video, that's their right as well. If there's a issue that I see, I'm going to call a spade a spade. So just because the Greens say something is bad doesn't necessarily – I'm going to say that's not bad, just because they said it was bad. Um, If it's a bad idea, I'm going to call it a bad idea, and you're welcome to discuss that with me. That's what free speech is is all about. Um, But boiling it down, comments like – or an idea that if the Greens support something, it must be bad because the Greens are bad is a very binary way of thinking. Black and white, yes, no, right, wrong, one, zero, off, on red-blue. And the media is very good at trying to push this concept in any area of our lives. It's either good or bad, it's right or wrong, it's red or blue, red state, blue state, whatever. And that's a very immature way of looking at the world, because the world we live in is not black and white. There's many shades of grey and lots of colour, and although we're all pushing in the in the same direction, essentially, uh, we don't always see eye-to-eye eye on a lot of topics relating to shooting, let alone politics or, or, or anything else. So it's a, an, a something as divisive as politics and with the added emotion of gun rights, um, we need to appreciate that there's more than one dimension to this issue. And even though I may appear to be supporting the Greens in this uh, stance, please understand it's in the context of I did think it was a bad idea. I did think it went too far, and I'll explain that in in just a second. I'm not criticizing your your email. I do appreciate the the, the comments but if you look at first person russia or hickok forty five or any of those guys on the internet, I would be interested to see if you can show me a video where they shoot a doll and call it chiillery Hinton or Jane Renoir or Sharon Voltz or you know any rela- <laughs> inference to somebody who's alive you know I'm talking about Hillary Clinton Janet Reno or Sharon Watts so the those guys yes they blow stuff up but they don't make threats or, or funny jokes in terms of firearms about living people so my my comments came from a pos- position where I thought it was a step too far and that's why you, it, it's very rare that I appear to be agreeing with the greens however the only reason that is is I thought it was a bad idea and I called it out. I'm not going to censor myself just because I happen to agree with the Greens on one thing. So my call really is to embrace the maturity of the debate and and expand our awareness away from the binary yes no right wrong if the Greens are for something I must be against it uh, and appreciate that there is a more mature way of living in this debate and if we we can only win from more people appreciating the nuance of that of the the political reality that we live in uh, i mentioned before about senator bridget mckenzie and the, the job she has to do it ties into that is understanding this massive complex political ball of string we're dealing with and we're all trying to get in the same direction and we're all trying to win but that un- requires a more nuanced appreciation of the issues, and so that's my call. Getting back to your question about the hashtag, I'm, I'm with Sam Lee, um, I don't think it was retweeted very much, um, and it's, again, I would, I would say the same thing as the advice we gave about Shoebridge. Ignore it. It'll go away. Yeah. It's irrelevant. Don't that's my it, two cents. Don't give
4: it any more relevance than what it deserves.
0: <laughs> Which in this case is none. All right, we're going to go into this interesting part. I, I was on, um, uh, speaking of Samantha Lee, this is a good one actually. I was on the Triple J Hack Program. Which was quite interesting uh, and I'm the only one that got on there actually uh, quite surprising when you tell me you run a podcast sometimes it can work in in your favor sometimes it can work against you um, the only thing was she goes I oh, just don't say how many downloads you get or anything like that just um, you know stick to the topic and I said yeah that's totally fine so they, they went to someone else then they were going to go to me but he wasn't there so they went straight to me second it was quite good so Jeff Jones was on there too and he did a he did a pretty good job my only issue was was not again not giving myself a rap he was Nobody was sort of rebutting what she was saying. She was saying a lot of lies, which is you know, generally heard that these firearms like are used in mass shootings, these rapid-fire guns, which is a lie. Uh, after going on my show, I've heard her on another program, too, get even worse by saying these firearms are used in mass shootings in the United States again, which is a lie. I just didn't hear Jeff you know, rebutting or, or giving any opinions on what she was saying and, and telling her like it is. It's an outright lie, which is what I did. I thought it was not bad. So what we're going to do? We're just going to go into it now, and uh, I'm going to play uh, Tom Tilly. is the host on the Triple J Hack program. So here's me uh, starting off on Triple J
7: Hack. Have a listen. Stefan from Adelaide, what's your point of view on the Adler shotgun? Oh, sorry. Uh, Jason, go ahead. Yes,
1: how are you going? Thanks. Yeah, I support Jeff. I think uh, this Adler shotgun is no different than the other shotgun that's been... Uh, in the country for the better part of 100 years. And the issue with... So when you say
7: that, just to to clarify, you mean this type of lever action shotgun, not this particular brand?
1: I mean, Samantha Lee does say she's actually lying to the listeners. What she says is that these types of firearms are the preferred uh, use for mass shootings. Well, that's not true at all. I mean, if she can tell me in the last five years... Uh, any lever action shotgun or rifle that's actually been used in a crime, I mean, she deserves a medal because the research I've done doesn't prove that statement actually to be true whatsoever. Well, all
7: right, well, I'll put that back to Samantha Lee. Samantha Lee, what do you say to that?
6: Look, the uh, whole issue is is that these are different types of lever action shotguns. No, that's a lie. No, they're
7: not. They're not. Sorry, can
6: I just finish? So
7: my go part? ahead, Sam.
6: Um, They're a a modern design firearms and they were promoted by the company importing them as a game changer for the Australian market. They're a rapid style firearms. I'm not saying this one in particular has been used in massacres because it's just recently been imported, but rapid style firearms, a firearm that can shoot eight shots in eight seconds.
7: So are you saying specifically, Samantha, that a a lever action shotgun has been used in, in lots of massacres that have killed people? I'm or are you saying, using a broader category of like rapid fire there?
6: I'm saying rapid fire guns are used in massacres and this is a new type of lever action which has been changed to a rapid style firearm. The old lever actions were only capable of holding one to two uh, ammunitions in the gun. These new lever actions can hold up to 11 uh, rounds of ammunition. Okay. So this is what changes them, and also. All
7: right, I want to give Jason a quick chance to reply before we move on to a discussion about masculinity, which is coming straight after a discussion about guns. Jason, what do you say to that?
1: Well, since 1996, we've had like the IAC 1887, which is basically the exact same action of firearm. Uh, this just looks a bit newer. Since 1996, no one has even attempted to uh, commit a mass shooting with a lever action firearm or rifle man Monis used a pump shotgun i think they were inc- incorrectly classified in 1996 uh, and i also think where did man Monis get that firearm he got that firearm from the illegal black market uh which was 20 years ago those firearms were basically confiscated from law abiding
7: people so all right well jason thank you the thank you so much for calling in with your you. opinion there on the text line so i don't understand what the benefit
0: all right guys Here you go i was on triple j hack program i think you did an okay job uh, you know, I called her a liar on national radio. I was quite happy about that, actually. And, ah, um, very good, Jase. Excellent. Then, and then Tim actually just said to her as well, going, well, that's a good question. He goes, what about that, Samantha Lee? You know, these guns aren't being used. And uh, I, I did interject at one time, and uh, uh, they sort of... I think, I'm not sure if he muted me, but I just stayed quiet because I knew he might cut me off, so I just did silence after that, so... Um, yeah, like I said, guys, if you get an opportunity, when something happens in the media, you know, the next day too, GB, or your stations are going to be talking about gun laws, you know, be yeah. ready to call up the next day. Yeah. I was also on another one, which was uh triple J, no, sorry, triple J, uh, it was on Darwin. I think it was ABC Darwin. I think it was, uh, I was talking about the Adler. So here's me again, uh, talking to one of the hosts there, uh, about the Adler. Have a listen to this one.
1: Local hunter. Jason has called on one 300 57 G'day, Jason. Hey, oh, yeah, Adam, thanks for taking my call. I really appreciate it. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, what's your concerns over the Adler being classified as in, in D, in Category no, D? Think, yeah, I think it's a bit, well, extremely ridiculous, actually, because, I mean, I mean, no serious law enforcement anywhere around the world actually takes seriously this terminology of rapid-fire shotgun. In New South Wales, where I'm from currently, uh, it is legal to... Uh, buy a modification kit, which is about $130 to $150, to actually to convert this firearm into a 10-shot lever-action shotgun. Now, I spoke to a few people yesterday. Now, it's interesting because if I actually look at, since 1996 when these were actually put into a Category A uh, listing, there's been not one shooting or one mass shooting or even attempt of mass shooting with a lever-action rifle or a lever-action shotgun. It's a, completely, it's a complete beat-up. I mean, you can already change them to a 10-shot in New South Wales. And people often ask, well, why do you need a 7-shot? Well, I guess my question is, why aren't we asking why not? I'm a law-abiding person. I've been vetted by the government uh, to say that I'm a law-abiding shooter. I haven't committed a crime. I should be able to own these firearms. And people say, well... What is, we, we do have a mass shooting. Well, I don't think that's going to happen. We, uh, these, these firearms are not the choice of people around the world to commit mass shooting. But and you can already buy a five an Adler 5 shot, can't you? So you can already have one with 5 shots. Why are you being so passionate about just an extra 2 shots? Um, well, my question is, why not? What is an extra 2 shot? How is an extra 2 shot going to make a huge difference to anything? I just think it's an absolute moot point. And you can already convert them to a 10 shot. So... Again, under the current A system, you can already own this firearm legally. Uh, They're not the choice of people that want to commit mass shootings. And this technology has been around since, what, the middle of the 1800s. I mean, it's not not a problem whatsoever. It's just a little, little bit newer than the current models of, like, the IAC 1887. But this has been available since 1996. Shooters and hunters in Australia have been using these firearms in the same configuration of the number of rounds, and it hasn't been a problem. They're just not the choice of mass shooters. It's ridiculous to assume otherwise. Good on you, Jason. Appreciate your time this morning. Thank you, mate. Appreciate it. This is 105.
0: All right, guys, you just heard me then on... uh on Darwin Radio, you know, the lovely folks up there in the Northern Territory. So, again, hopefully I did all right in that one as well. I think I did better. Muzz disagrees me. He reckons I did better on the Darwin when we had a chat, the Darwin Radio. He reckons yeah, that no. one was better. No, you've done a
4: really good job there, Jason. I I'm very what, impressed with that.
0: Remember when I rang you and I said, <laughs> I think I screwed up the Darwin interview? And he goes, how bad? And I said, bad. And then when I sent it to him, he goes, what are you talking about? He rings me up. It was a bit of a funny joke. Remember this? You said to me, <laughs> yeah. he, re- he rang me up and I said, how did I go? And he goes, mate, that was terrible. He goes, that was terrible. And I said, oh, mate, I agree. I said, because I, I was waiting for it because I thought that's what he was saying. He goes, what do you mean? It's better than the other one. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. All right, what we're going to do, we just got a call from Joseph. Uh, we're gonna, before we finish off the show, uh, as you know, we put stuff on Facebook uh, about wanting to get people on the show to discuss their issues and stuff like that. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to get into uh, a discussion with just uh, sorry, Joseph, I should say, and uh, see what he has to say. So we'll get it now. All right, Joseph's uh, called in. Joseph, thanks for calling in to the show. Really appreciate it, mate. What did you want to have a discussion about?
3: Oh, uh, mate, thanks for um, letting me onto the show. Really appreciate it, guys. So um, I listen to your podcast all the time, and uh, I think you're doing a great service to the shooting community.
0: Thanks, Joe. Thank you, thanks, mate. What did you want to have a discussion about? What's on? What's on your mind in regards to you know gun ownership, hunting, shooting, fishing? What do you want to talk about?
3: Um, mate, I just want to talk about how uh, firearm owners always seem to be perceived as criminals. I'm just talking out of uh, experience where uh, I've been prosecuted a few times for nothing really, what I've end up the one that's been victim of a crime. Two occasions where once I was a victim of uh, domestic violence and uh, I was the one that was actually charged with with assault. You know, I had to go through the whole process of going to court, getting a lawyer and and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, it went to court. And uh, you know, I was asked, you know, what happened? I go, I had an argument with someone and and uh, you know, giving them facts and uh Sorry I didn't mean
0: didn't mean you did to, it up, Joseph. Did they did did you get an AVO out on them?
3: No, no, the police put the AVO out on me because I was the one okay. that had registered firearms.
0: Oh, okay, yeah.
3: And um the the fact was, you know, since the other person wasn't winning the argument, they decided to strike me with a chair and I was the one actually got hit with a chair. The police came, took stories off both sides, and um, I was the one end up being charged. And uh, when I went to court, yeah, they asked me what happened. I said, "Yeah, yeah I got hit with a the chair." They asked me, "What did I do?" I go, "Nothing." They asked me, "Well, why did you do nothing?" So, know, j- because as soon as I retaliate or or try to defend myself, um, I'll be the one that's going to be charged. So I did nothing.
4: Yeah, Joseph. And, ju- ju- uh, Joseph, sorry, I just wanted to find out. Um, so. All these court cases have already been settled and you don't have any current ongoing court cases?
3: No, no, they've all been... This happened probably about eight, nine years ago.
4: Right. The only reason I want to make Um, sure about this, mate, is because uh, we can't be talking about any current court cases that you might be having going through right now.
3: Okay, yeah, no, no. They've been settled and I've got my firearms.
4: Okay,
3: okay. But what I was trying to say is that in my case where the police would try to throw... False accusations, especially with people that own firearms, and expect them just to roll over so they can take their license off for 10 years. Mm. But uh, what I'm trying to say is that there's going to be other people out there that they're going to relate to my story. Yeah. I just want to be a voice so that, you know, give them a bit of confidence to, to stand up and, and, and have your day in court and, and, and stick up for your right. You exactly. know, it's, it's always perceived in the media like that all gun owners are, are violent. Um, we go out you know, robbing people, which is completely incorrect. And, and, and it seems like we're just an easy target for the police to come and harass all the time.
5: Joseph, it's Justin here. Uh, understand your plight. I've, I've had some dealings with the police in my life, as as many of us have, and, and some of them are very positive and some of them not so positive. Yeah. Um, yeah. And eventually I came to the conclusion that the police, in their duties, they see a lot of really, really bad stuff. They see the worst of yeah. humanity every day. And yeah. I eventually had to reconcile myself that the police officer I was dealing with, he had come to his conclusion after seeing you know, the worst of the worst, and I wasn't going to change his opinion, uh, and that's just how yeah. it was. And it, like you say, it's easy for people to pick on someone who's reg- registered and licensed on the system, and there is a lot of people who do think, oh, the less firearms in the community, the safer we are because they don't make a yeah. distinction between legal and illegal. so I, yeah. I, I definitely understand your position and uh, appreciate the heads up because, uh, yeah, you're certainly not alone. Yeah, Jason, look, yeah. look uh, good on you, mate, for
4: uh, fighting this in court and uh, also um, getting your gun licence back. So I'm assuming you've got your yeah. guns back and your licence, yeah?
3: Oh, yeah, I've got yeah. everything back. Right. But the whole the whole process, uh, yeah. now I believe in things happen, obviously, for a reason.
4: Yeah, yeah, of course.
3: Now, yeah... I, well, I started I started shooting prior to ninety six when I was a young fella and you know, we had semi automatic twenty twos, shotguns and the mini fourteen. And that was a norm back then. Yep. And yeah, of you know, I remember ninety six the newspapers were banning the ten twenty two, which which was my favourite gun, it was the first time I got to use and uh learned how to shoot. And I was probably maybe, you know, 11, 12 years old at the time and yeah, my uncle trusted me with, here you go, here's a 22. this is how you load it, and pointing it in this direction. Yep. Uh, keep it safe. And, you know, if you're going to be irresponsible with it, you're not coming back on the trip. Hey, right hey there, Jason,
0: if it's Jason again, what, um, what would the police like to deal with in these situations? Were they good, bad, or what do you think? Reasonable, not reasonable?
3: Mate, I, I felt it was very unreasonable, very unreasonable. I once made a complaint to the police about my, my neighbours parking across my driveway and uh, I told them, look, my wife's pregnant. I, I, I need to take her to the hospital at any stage. And, and this continues to happen. And the police pretty much told me to, to surrender in my firearms. And this is a, this has happened a few years ago. And this is the instance I sort of got my guns back from as well. And, uh, you, you didn't you know, make you didn't of, make any
4: frets against your neighbour or anything like that.
3: None whatsoever. I just asked him, please stop blocking the driveway. I go, my wife's pregnant. I can't take her to the hospital. I guess so, uh, at, at any stage, it can turn into a life and death situation. Like if I'm unable to take my wife to a hospital where she's pregnant, you know, mm. and 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 it, it's it, it, it is for, for someone that's for for a father that's expecting to have a child. Yeah. And, and you can't get a family member to the hospital because there's always an obstruction in your driveway and spoke and they took took your
4: firearms away for that yeah without you yeah. making yeah. without you making any threats at all uh, against without anybody.
3: making any threats I, I I questioned the police officer I'd go listen I haven't made any threats My wifes inside, is pregnant i got I had two other kids at, at the time as well one was two and the other one was one
4: and i'm assuming you, you i'm assuming you got your guns back you got your license back? Uh, yeah, after yeah, that. I got, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got my guns back after thirty days. But yeah. the thing is, when I was asking the police officer, I "Go, what grounds do you have to to come and take my firearms off me?" and you know, I was questioning him. Yeah, it, it, it turned out that I was abusing my my neighbor because she's a female and I'm a male. Apparently, I'm going to go there and shoot her or bash her or whatever, no. you know. What I mean? And and it's nothing to do with that, really, because it's, all I want to do is just have access to my drive Interesting.
0: Or Sorry, Yeah, yeah interesting so I can, story. Yeah. I had someone in the same situation that had that, uh, lived with his family, young guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Basically, uh, his dad's brother, so his uncle, was in a home. Yeah. So his uncle came to his yeah. house. I've said this story before. His uncle came to his house in one of the fits sort of thing. They called the home yeah. to come back and get him. He wouldn't go back. He had a butter knife. Cops have come. They've sicked the dog on him. The dog's taken him down. They've taken him to the police station. Cops rock up two yeah. days later they put an AVO out on uh, the guy that I know's uh, dad's his uncle, right, for being at the yeah. property. He's got me- he's got no mental health. Anyway, you know what they said? They came back two days later. And he goes, well, we didn't put an AVO out on our uncle. Well, what's this all about? Oh, no, we did it for you. Oh, by the way, we didn't know there was firearms in the house. And this guy, he's, he's actually his name's the same name as mine. His name's Jason, really nice guy, one of the nicest guys yeah. I've ever met, actually. And um, they said, oh, we're going to have to seize them. For, it took him four months to get them back right? And you know what happened in the end? They said to him, listen, uh, you can't keep them at home anymore because your uncle may at some stage have access to the property when he's not going through one of his mental health issues, right? Because he's at the home. Uh, We're making an order. You can't store them at home. Long story short, I saw him at uh, uh, his place of work where I frequent, never met him before. He recognized me, said, this doesn't sound right to me. What do I do about it? I said, I'll speak to this lawyer. He wrote to the firearms registry, mate, Two weeks later, it comes back. He's now able to store the guns at his house mm. again. So, and this guy, one of the nicest guys I've ever met in my life, this guy wouldn't hurt a fly, right? And it's, this is the, yeah. again, over, uh, overuse of the police. And it's not always the case. Sometimes, obviously, it's legitimate. Some people just have to have their taken firearms taken off them.
4: Yeah, but you know yeah. what, Jason? Uh, what it comes down to, Joseph, and this sort of, this sort of nonsense really sometimes, that's, that's what you can really call it, just nonsense, um, happens purely for one reason, and that's because of registration. Mm. Um, but can I just uh, make re- one registration point? registration allows uh, the police i guess to uh, take away your firearms at the, at the smallest little uh, reason i guess or they, they they may perceive might be a danger which is uh, may not may not be a danger whatsoever and I guess it allows them to discriminate, I guess, uh, against us in some situations. I'm not saying all situations. See, sometimes
0: they get it right. Sometimes they get it really wrong. But even
4: I mean? in circumstances where they get it right, I mean, what are they really doing, Jason, right? Okay, oh, they're taking away your guns. Well, that doesn't stop you from acquiring an illegal firearm. It doesn't stop you from getting a kitchen knife out and doing well, I, harm I, I to some I guess people. they're just covering their bases. It doesn't, so it,
3: doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't stop you from going to Bunnings and, and, and building one for less than $10. Like well,
4: whatever, yeah, know. whatever it might be, you know I'm, what I mean? Or, or, or yeah. grabbing a steel pot. Or whatever it is. I mean, if you're really violent, yeah. you'll find ways of, be, of of being violent. But uh, look, mate, we're very happy that you got your firearms license back. And I guess the moral of the story is that you want to say to people is that don't don't give up on your rights, and basically yeah. keep fighting for your rights. If you feel you've been done wrong, then make sure you go see a yeah. solicitor and uh, and 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 get your guns back, get your life back.
3: Even some solicitors as well, they'll be very biased towards you because of that drive that driveway incident. Kept continuing even after I got my firearms back. It turned out to a blue in the front yard when my pregnant wife was assaulted by the neighbour. I jumped in to help my wife out, and uh, my wife gets charged with assault, and she only wants to leave her house. And I get charged with with malicious damage, and uh, end up taking the court, and had to go go to two. uh, First, I got they charged me. uh, They gave me a five hundred dollar fine and a good behaviour bond. So. I took the matter further to the district court in uh, Parramatta and uh, I told the judge, I go, mate, I'm only a father that wants to take his pregnant wife to a hospital. I go, you, you have signs around the whole courtroom about domestic violence and here I'm, I'm, I'm a father trying to, to to take his wife to get medical assistance and I'm treated like the same grub that goes and bashes his wife. Mm. I go, how is that fair for anyone? Yeah, like, you he was he, 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 just like, oh. That was his reaction. Oh, I could see you trying to do the right thing. They, they threw it out on a $500 fine.
0: What do you mate? Just to finish off quickly, what do you like shooting? What do you enjoy? Do you go hunting, shooting? What, what are you, clay target shooting, hunting? What do you enjoy?
3: Um, mate, I enjoy a lot of things, mate. I enjoy clay target shooting uh, for Cecil Park on a regular basis. I also enjoy um, uh, going up to uh, St Mary's, 50 uh, me range. also do a lot of varmint shooting. You know, like your rabbits, boxes, and things like that. So mm. uh, I enjoy all, all, all aspects of uh, firearm
0: ownership. Very good, man. All right, well, mate, thanks for uh, coming on the show to uh, just give us a bit of an opinion and on on specific topics that affect you know gun owners, uh, you know, around the country, and um, you yeah, know, what you enjoy shooting and that sort of thing. So, Joe, so mate, thanks for joining me on the show, mate. I appreciate it. Thank you for
3: sharing all your so much, mate.
4: yeah. Thank you for sharing your story with us, Joe. Appreciate that, mate. Very much.
3: Thanks very much. No Thank you. No, th- thank you for listening, mate. I just hope I've um, inspired someone else to uh, stand up and uh, and, and uh, make some noise and uh, make sure that their, their rights aren't being uh, violated. All right.
0: Well, that was a good conversation with Joseph there. So, Joseph, thanks for calling in. Uh, thanks for that, mate. Really appreciate it. And if you want to get on the Straight Shooting Podcast when we put stuff up, send us a Facebook message uh, with your, with your uh, phone number what you want to talk about, just a quick small couple of lines just so I've got to grasp the idea of what you want to talk about and we'll call you during the Straight Shooting Podcast and we'll uh, get you live on the air and you can get your opinion and give us a uh, point of discussion and topic. So, guys, anything to add before we finish off? Well, uh, yeah, just
4: one thing, Jason. At the time of this recording for this podcast, guys, um, uh, the election results for the Orange by-election are not 100% known yet. It looks like that Phil Donato from the Shooters, Fishers and Farmers Party will get it. They're ahead by about 80 votes and they're looking for a recount. Uh, so we're we're hoping that's the case. We're really hoping that's the case, that the Shooters uh, can really score a, a massive, massive upset against the Nationals uh, and get their first lower house uh, representative in Parliament. Uh, we've certainly cross, got our fingers crossed. So at the time that you're listening to this, the election results have already been Probably called And we certainly hope That Phil Donato Gets over the line But we're hesitant To call it just yet Because You don't know What's going to happen um, Nats could get a rush Of last minute votes Who knows From the um, From the uh, From yeah, the recount they, so, they just appear somewhere No well You never know hey, It's happened before WA Remember they had to Have a they had to uh, redo the election Because <laughs> they lost all, A whole bunch of votes So so no, the
0: Greens Got in didn't they, they So got, I'm a little bit a Scott hes-
4: Yeah I'm a little bit hesitant To call it just yet but um, um, be assured that the uh, next uh, podcast that we do will definitely uh, talk about the, the finalised results. So anyway, Jason, it's been a, a great show today. Uh, excellent content, uh, good conversation there on the phone. Um, but that's it for us uh, for this episode.
0: Yeah, if you want to donate, you can do that. Uh, uh, you can find us on iTunes. Uh, leave us a comment, rate, subscribe. That'd be, that'd be awesome. Website, australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Uh, Facebook, I think we've got 18,000 now, something around there on facebook so that's mm. awesome yep uh get involved in the conversation we put up uh, articles and stuff like that uh, which is really awesome uh, anything to finish off justin oh,
5: i just wanted to say that this is an indication no matter how the orange by-election falls out it's an indication we do have political clout and for anybody who was sitting on the fence or worried about you know you're, you're not going to count it does count numbers matter we are getting momentum and if you, you need any resources, if you need any help, let us know. We can help you make a difference.
0: All right, guys, thanks. Um, I guess without further ado, my name is Jason Selms. I'm Mario Vladko. I'm Justin Luke. See you guys next time. You're listening to the Straight Shooting Podcast here on the AHB Digital Radio Network. As always, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.